It's almost like an optical illusion. One of those 3D posters with a hidden picture of a sailboat. If you relax your eyes and concentrate, you can see it. The world around you dissolves, and you realize that you're standing on a street corner, or looking out of an apartment window, or sitting on a park bench. It can be tricky, and not everyone can do it. Do not tell Ruby that you can see the City of Dreams. She'll waste your entire afternoon arguing with you about it. I just think you're all bullshitting me. I stared cross-eyed at the horizon for I don't know how long, and I didn't see shit. Ruby, please, I'm busy. Go find a Cecilia to hit on. Yeah, all right. Anyway, like I was saying, we live in the city of dreams. It's not quite like the estate, and it's not quite like the neighborhood. It's certainly nothing like the real world, whatever the hell that even means anymore. Reality here is abstract, malleable. The city's underlying structure is an infinite fractal. Buildings and streets and shops and parks and plazas all twisting in around each other in dizzying mathematic spirals. But most people just see the reality that the city projects. A shared reality, where truth is derived from consensus. And if consensus isn't reached, if people or groups disagree with one another about what the world should look like, that's okay. One group doesn't need to impose their reality on another, and people don't need to isolate themselves into solipsistic little mini-universes to keep the conflicting realities separated. The conflicting truths just coexist, overlap. The whole universe is onion rings, and the whole universe is a beach. The whole universe is a rundown motel run by your well-meaning but unreliable uncle, and the whole universe is an endless forest of hundred-foot-high apple trees. The whole universe is dead, and the whole universe is teeming with life. It can be a little tricky to get the hang of at first, the way one reality flows into another seamlessly. Time and space exist here, but they're fuzzy and hard to pin down. Relationships between people, commonalities, and disagreements go much further in defining this place than physical laws. But people change all the time, and so too does the universe around them. There's no true meaning here. In a broad sense, you might argue that Teoth won after all. This is a place that is, above all else, incoherent. But that's really not so bad, because when things are coherent, when they make perfect sense, when systems interlock and gaps are filled and designs are perfect, there's always people who don't fit. People that the system must remove to maintain itself. People that are crushed in the gears of the clockwork anti-utopia. When things are coherent, people don't get what they deserve very often. And you all deserve so much. Gabriel Bede, why do you deserve to be a part of this world? I neither deserve to be a part of this world, nor deserve to be excluded from it. I simply am here. I was always going to be here, and I will always have always been going to be here. Ascribing a value judgment to my presence is a meaningless exercise, one that is perhaps understandable from a limited human point of view, but which makes no sense when looked at from my omniscient perspective. Your question is invalid. 
That is the answer I would have given you a long time ago. In my old life, my first life, I believed that I had a comprehensive understanding of all that exists, had existed, will exist. I saw the world from its beginning, all the way to its end. I feared that end, and I feared my own end. But for all my omniscience, I lacked the ability to understand those feelings within myself. But something quite interesting happened after the world ended. The world continued to exist. As my brother, Joshua Paul, has said before, the world is always ending, and it is always being reborn. Day after day, minute after minute, lifetime after lifetime. For the first time, I understood the fear that I had always carried within me, and for a time, it consumed me fully. I would not have survived if not for the help of my new friends. My first friends. My ability to see the fullness of time was of great value to the estate. I was often consulted when masters sought to make changes to reality that would cause large ripples throughout history. However, there is a reason that I was consigned to the mansion's basement. On one level, it was to prevent anyone from gathering excess knowledge of the past or future, knowledge that they could not gain because the predetermined flow of time was contingent on their ignorance. However, more deeply than that, I was simply considered unpleasant to be around. Sharing too much of my vision of the future with others caused them discomfort, a sense that they had no freedom. An odd complaint from the residents of the very place that tied a leash around the universe. My tendency toward correcting those who are misinformed or intentionally misconstruing the truth often irritated the masters, the servants, and my fellow angels all alike. The way I laughed is considered by many to be disruptive, off-putting, creepy. People did not want to talk to me unless they needed information that only I could provide. Just as I did not understand my own fear, I likewise did not understand my own loneliness. After the heart of glass was shattered, I was severed from all knowledge of the world which now no longer was. Only that which I had personally seen, felt, experienced remained. The loss was devastating. I felt unbearably helpless, unbearably small, unbearably afraid. Sloan, Ursula Ursa, Quentin, James, Alexis, Chile, Virginia, Harvey, and Christina had declared war against the estate. Many of them had been deeply wounded by the angels, and all of them would have been justified to destroy me on sight. Instead, from our very first meeting, they treated me with kindness. They spoke with me. They told me jokes and were not put off when I laughed at them. They consoled and guided me when I was in crisis, even as far more consequential emergencies asserted themselves. They saved my life, many times over, in many different senses of the phrase. Even today, I do not fully understand why they chose this course of action. But I do know that I have within my heart an endless wellspring of love and gratitude for each and every one of them. My only concern when I found myself alone in the neighborhood 
was to ensure their safety, as forces conspired once again to bring pain and suffering to their lives. Beelzebub took advantage of that desire. I'm quite angry at him, and quite angry at myself for allowing him to manipulate me. All he had to do was selectively withhold certain information from me, and it caused each and every version of myself to head directly into his trap, and drag more friends into his trap along with them. Even after everything I'd experienced, I remained arrogant and self-assured in the totality of my knowledge. I had seen so many timelines, could directly witness so many different outcomes, and could use that data to extrapolate even more possibilities. I understood that my old, single-threaded vision of time was incomplete, but I incorrectly believed that this new model constituted a perfect vision of everything. I naively failed to consider interference from bad faith actors. But I also failed to appropriately value the determination of the good faith actors. I was unable to predict that Mary would give my friends a path to victory. I was unable to predict that Virginia's family could empower her to finally smash the chain that bound her to her father, the chain that turned out to bind all of us to her father. I once told Strix that he'd someday gain more than he had lost, but I had never predicted that his gain would be enough to revive an untold number of dead universes. I did not predict that the City of Dreams could function as a new paradigm for reality, that it could hold within itself so many infinities. Surprise is even now something I am not used to, and something I find unsettling. But these events have demonstrated that perhaps surprises are not so bad. Here, now, I finally comprehend that perfect knowledge cannot ever be obtained. No form of perfection can ever be obtained. Some may despair at this fact, but I take comfort in it. If we are damned to forever be imperfect, then we are likewise blessed with the opportunity to forever stride toward perfection. You must imagine Gabriel being happy, because he is. I apologize. I have rambled on for some time now. Allow me to return to your question and answer it properly. Simply put, I deserve to be here because there are those who want me here. Likewise, there are others who deserve to be here because I want them here. They are not obligated to grant me their company or their companionship, and if they choose not to accept my invitation, I will miss them very much. But I will wish them only the best, and that invitation shall remain open in perpetuity. So it is with the invitations extended to me, and the invitations extended to you. A number of Gabriel beads have congregated here, in a sunny, grassy field. On the horizon, we can see Joseph University. Or, maybe that's Battle Acres University? Or, maybe it's the planet Saturn, winged shades gliding through its rings. As we look from one Gabe to another, their faces tune in to various scenes all throughout the City of Dreams. Who do we see first?
Burgess, uh, after some time has passed, you make your way to the Neutral Milk Hotel to see an old friend. Well, well, well. A hotel full of cow juice. What the shit? What are you doing here? Indeed, what am I doing here, Mr. Joshua Paul? Shouldn't I have died in the estate? I... I mean, I did think you were still at the estate, did not realize you were alive still. Yes, well, I'm, uh, something of a man of destiny, not so easily killed. You might have heard of me when I dealt the finishing blow on Teoth. Nope, that didn't, uh, didn't catch that one, no. I, I had a big hammer. There were a lot of people there, man. Well, I have a few things to say to you, Joshua Paul. Oh, do you now? Somehow that doesn't surprise me. When I realized you were no longer going to be coming around to visit me in the boiler room, I felt sad. Because I missed our conversations. And they were the only thing keeping me going in that place. And... Then when I got out and I learned that you went off to found this neutral milk hotel, I felt angry towards you. How could you just leave and leave me behind? Why didn't you take me with you? It would have been a fight, but that that's what men do. You do you, I thought you that you were a coward for leaving me behind like that. And what I've come to accept now is that perhaps Sometimes it is good to be a coward, for if I had tried to fight through the angels at that point in my life, I probably would have been killed, and it would have been a glorious death, but it would have been a death, and it is better to be alive than to be dead. So, thank you, Joshua Paul, for, for being a coward. You know, you could have just stopped and thank you. Well, d d wh wh what do you think about that? Do you regret your actions? What? Uh, look, all right. I did everything I could for I don't know how long to keep you hidden and keep you safe and keep you fed. I didn't have to do any of that shit. I wasn't supposed to do any of that shit. I was supposed to get you killed as soon as I saw you. So, but now you're going to come into my home and you're going to call me a coward? You're telling me you've never called yourself that. I, no, you know what? I have. Because I enjoyed our conversations too, man. And they did get me thinking. Eventually, I decided I couldn't be a part of that whole shit anymore. But I knew I couldn't come talk to you about that, because that you would have just lunged at that opportunity to, oh, we're going to have a whole little revolution and both just get, you know, murdered within about 10 minutes. Wouldn't have been glorious. Wouldn't have been anything anyone ever remembered. We just would have been winked out like that. I've seen it happen to a whole hell of a lot of people. 
So I knew that there was really no way to smuggle you out of there. So I did the next best thing, and I made sure you stayed safe despite your best efforts. Well, I got out of there and I tried to make something different. Something better. And you know what? I fucking blew it. (laughs) It did not go well. But I tried. (laughs) I... I owe you some thanks, frankly. But also... Maybe. Just maybe. One of these days... You can get your fucking head out of your ass and recognize that you don't understand everything already, man. And that maybe, if you listen to other people sometimes, took what they had to say to heart, did what they told you to when they knew better than you, maybe you'd be a little happier. Joshua. What? I'd like to try some of your milk. Yeah, sure. Come on, I'll take you to the breakfast nook. Come on. God, do you have any pig's milk? Oh, buddy, I got milk from pigs you ain't even heard of. That sounds wonderful. It, it, it is quite a nice place you've built. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. The former agent Alexis is driving her van... Uh, with Anna riding shotgun, and they have a whole bunch of slimes in the back. And Anna is sort of, uh, like, talking to them, trying to trying to explain where they're taking them. She's saying, we're going to take you to a really nice place. Uh, my two friends are there. They're called Needle Mouse and Strix, and they're going to help you find out what, what you want to do with your lives. And I think um, Alexis pulls up to the little slime ranch that Needle Mouse and Strix are running and opens the back of the van to let all the slimes out. I think Strix flies over. It's like, oh, hey, cool, cool. You got more friends. Uh, any of them, any of them come like far enough along to have names or anything yet? Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really understand their language. You know, kind, kind of all sounds like gurgling to me. Oh, that's okay. You'll get you'll get the hang of it eventually. You know, you just just hang out with people who speak a language long enough. You'll get you'll get a handle on it. Uh, and I think Strix just kind of gurgles at them for a bit, and then sort of like leads them uh, over toward uh, where Needle Mouse is setting up shop. Um, Needle Mouse has set up a basically a Sonic the Hedgehog level. It's like a little obstacle course to 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 help help them stretch out his limbs and. He can roll around at the speed of sound with ever-increasing agility and dexterity. And maybe the other slimes can learn to do that, too. And he rolls up and says, Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Slime Ranch. Uh, I think I think you get just a... Uh, it, it's kind of a, a pleased murmur of a crowd, except it's gurgling and, and bubbles and burping. That was uh that's that's real nice. Um All right, so uh where where should I where should I send these folks? Do we have a do you have an open spot anywhere? Uh well, if anyone is interested in some physical exercise, I know it gets pretty cramped in the sewers. Uh, I have I have a little obstacle course set up here. Is anyone interested in that? 
I think I think you get a couple like facsimiles of arms raised among the crowd. All right, everybody, please follow me. I think uh, while Needlemouse is taking care of that, uh, Strix can see approaching from the distance uh, a very large scorpion, which appears to have a shell made entirely of gold. Oh, uh, okay. Um, all right, uh, Needlemouse, everybody, uh, just keep having fun. I need to go look into something. Just, um, just yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, and he's gonna take off toward the scorpion. Ah, hello there. You're you're Strix, correct? Uh, yeah. The the I almost said the one and only, but I I honestly can't say that for a fact. I haven't met any other yet so far, so. Well. You never know uh, how the cycle of universes will play out. Although, I guess there's just the one now. But also, oh. Oh, I, ha- I hate the three-dimensionality of it. Sorry, I haven't introduced myself. Uh, and Circuit extends their stinger in the way one might like extend their hand for a handshake. My name is Circuit. Uh, I was uh, a Harvey D. Godlove, uh, a professor, mm-hmm. and... Well, uh, I've spent the past several trillion years just sort of... Is it trillion or billion? I can't keep track these days. Eh, However many. I've just sort of been trawling the different universes and seeking to attain enlightenment, but uh, then there was a big skyscraper, so I decided to just kind of slide down and check that out. It's a nice place uh, you've got here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been working on it for a while. Uh, mostly, uh, Needle Mouse handles the, the irrigation, and I, uh, I try to, try to get the, the, the plants growing and, and, and build most of the buildings. Uh, but yeah, hey, uh, Strix shakes the stinger very carefully in a handshake. Oh, you don't need to worry about that. That, uh, all that can infect you with his memories. Oh. Huh. Any memories in particular, or, this, like, specifically yours, or just... Mostly just sort of assorted Harvey Godloves. I've I've just sort of been collecting data for many, many, many years. I see. Got a little boring at the end there, I'm going to be honest. It's nice to see that... Uh, well, you know... Th- th- listen, I, I don't want to make any assumptions. Michael's super dead, right? Yeah, no, he's super dead. Oh, thank fuck. You have no idea how much... Honestly, everyone of me ends up hating that guy. It's genuinely a very impressive multiversal constant. No, that was that was honestly probably the biggest. Uh, like, I mean, it was, it was it was either him or Teoth. Like, but honestly, I think between the two of them, the biggest obstacle to to everything was probably Michael. Listen, um, listen, Teoth. I I have no love lost there, but at least it's an ethos, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's it's more than. Well, listen, if everybody would just do what I said all the time, there wouldn't be any problems. I'm just trying to protect you from yourselves. Mm-hmm, God, mm-hmm. what an asshole. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That never occurred to me until you said it just now. He really was just the manifestation of paternalism, wasn't he? Yep. Oh, boy. But, uh, anyway, hey, now it feels like, uh, my actions can actually have a meaningful impact, which is pretty nice. So, uh... Yeah, do you, do you folks need any help out here? I saw a lot of uh, nascent uh, nascent shades, a lot of double shades. Yeah, I mean we could al- we could always use a helping uh, claw. 
if, if you're willing to offer. Uh, I do want to say, uh, I don't know if you've run into any other, uh, any, but, so I was originally a James, and I don't know how many of him you've run into, but I, I, I kind of had a bug thing, and I gotta say, you have a very impressive exoskeleton. Oh, thank you. It's honestly an honor. You know, uh, I met one or two, I want to say they were chilies, and then, obviously, you know, plenty of Harveys end up being pigeons or egrets or something of that nature. Uh, but listen, the, the owl wings, they suit you very nicely. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Some fantastic uh, plumage. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of them. They were, uh, I actually was an owl for a while and the wings were the main thing I wanted to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, yeah, let me, uh, let me introduce you to the crew. Hey, Needle Mouse. Oh, hello there. I'm Needle Mouse. I'm, uh, well, I don't think we're really. We're, wait, are you a are you a Harvey? Yes, I am. How'd you know? <laughs> oh, he's one of my favorites. Oh, is that so? Well, I am honored. It is a pleasure to meet you. Uh, hey, so yeah, so uh, Circuit here is one to know if he can help out with the ranch. So I don't know if uh, if you want to walk him through it. Uh, I'm gonna go check and see how Alexis and Anna are doing. I'll be right back. And he's gonna take off. Yeah, let let me let me show you around, Circuit. Now, what what is your ability? Well, uh, <laughs> I call it their dreams are dead, but ours is the golden ghost. It uh, honestly, it just lets me access the memories of many of my other incarnations. It's not got a lot of practical, immediate use, but I guess I've ended up sort of a walking encyclopedia. Uh, a lot of it's not the most useful information, but I sure have a lot of it. <laughs> now that's interesting, because I wonder if maybe you might have some of the memories of the slimes that live here. You know, that's a good question. S at least some of them must be from other layers of the universe, and it stands to reason that in at least some of those layers there would be incarnations of Harveys that ended up becoming uh, shades and then becoming erased again. It's certainly a possibility. You know, you... Let me guess. Did you used to be a teacher? I did, yes. Not a great one, but, uh... My understanding is that the professor that gets involved in all this nonsense rarely was, so... I think maybe you're not giving yourself enough credit. Maybe you can help. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best at, at books. Not the best at, uh, you know, teaching letters and mathematics. I'm more of a physical education type. So we could really use someone who's uh, good at memories around here. Well, I, listen, I am extremely excited to hear that. I Anything you need my help with... Uh, Oh, gosh, I bet I can set up a whiteboard so that I can just sort of dip my stinger in ink. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yes! Yes! Ah. Oh, this is... I feel like I'm getting a new lease on life. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. That's what we're here for. Hello, Strix. Anna waves as he flies over towards her. Hey, Anna. How's it going? Oh, you know, me and Alexis have been traveling all over, and... We've been seeing so many different people and places. Isn't that right, Alexis? Yeah, it's, uh... 
it's it's nice to uh, use my Eidolon hunting skills for good this time, I guess. I'm 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 good, Alexis. Now I'm not evil, Alexis. <laughs> I'm I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, we've uh, I feel like we've had our fill of uh, evil doppelgangers, uh, you know, around uh, around these parts. So, uh, yeah, so tell me, what what have you all, like, how are y'all doing? Well, I, uh, I met, I met up with the other me for a little bit, just, just to see if we could maybe get along. She's, uh, well, kind of a, kind of a moody, morose person. Uh, I think maybe Anna's, Anna's brightness is a little more my speed. Yeah, yeah, uh. That's, that is that is kind of how uh, how Alexis is, but she's 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 real nice once you get to know her. I mean, that feels kind of weird to say to another her, but yeah, no, she's she she's great, but yeah, I, I can see where that would be a bit much if you're not used to it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Strix, I, if 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 she used to be your best friends, you deserve better. No, 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 no. Oh, y'all, you have no idea what I was like when I was human. I, oof, doofa, no. No, like, uh, Anna, you, you met, you met the, 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 the other me who became Metatron and stuff. Oh yeah, that guy was an asshole. Yeah, no, that's pretty much, like, unfiltered what I was before everything happened. So, yeah, no, no, I, I feel like... We we were both kind of in a bad way, uh, honestly. But you know, hey, people change. Yeah, people do change, and I'm I'm really glad that you that you have this place that you can help others find themselves too. Yeah, it's real nice. Strix, can I have a hug? You sure can. And uh, he, he gives her a big bear hug. Thank you. Oh, hey. So, uh, are you too busy with anything right now? Uh, I mean, we we have time. Okay, uh, so we've got a new friend who's offered to help out. Uh, it's that scorpion dude over there uh, by the name of Sir Ket. Just to bring you up to speed, he is uh, Harvey from the universe before ours. Uh, he was a teacher. Uh, now he's a scorpion. But yeah, he seems pretty cool. And it sounded like he might be able to help with, uh, with help in the slimes. Like, you know, learn things like language and stuff. Again, it's going to be real nice. But yeah, uh... Alexis, do you think you could go and uh, and and talk to him, see what uh, what um, what needs some help with around here? Yeah, sure. I I can talk to the Scorpion Circuit. You said, yeah. Oh, like Homestuck. Yeah, like like Homestuck. So Anna. Yeah. Hey, so while you've got a moment, uh-huh. it's been a while. Do you want to ride? <gasps> ride in the sky? Yeah. Please, please, please. You got it. All right, hang on. And uh, he's going to scoop her up and take off into the sky. When Sabrina Bryan was sketching up plans for the City of Dreams, she envisioned a joint effort by anywhere between six and a hundred people. An effort that wouldn't bear any kind of fruit for weeks, months maybe even years of subjective time. 
Instead, it was the creation of a single person hopped up on combat milk over the course of minutes. As a result, the city is more like a second draft sketch than a finished product. It's more than good enough to satisfy the untrained observer, but if you know what you're looking at, you can see all the mistakes, the missing pieces, the parts that don't fit together quite right. It's still a start, but it needs work, especially because with a system as complex as a city, small problems can compound and lead to larger and larger problems over time. So, to try and avoid that, you'll find that if you stand basically anywhere in the City of Dreams and look in any direction you might choose, you'll almost certainly see folks making repairs, making adjustments, making improvements. Sabrina herself is one of them. The sheer exertion of building the city left her physically, emotionally, and psionically exhausted in ways that she might not ever fully recover from, but she wouldn't feel right if she weren't still walking the streets when she gets the chance, talking to people, and looking for the things that somebody else might have overlooked. Some days are easier than others. This isn't one of them, but she still has a smile on her face as she trudges towards a particular street corner with a particular market on the first floor. Uh, Iris, do you want to give us a description of this building? Yeah, so, um, after the uh, city was created, um, Mary decided that she didn't want to stay confined to the neutral milk hotel anymore and wanted to do kind of her own thing, uh, something a little bit more proactive than what she was doing before. Uh, so she set up a, uh, market of sorts, um, one that uh, you can access from pretty much anywhere in the universe um, from a variety of different doors that all lead to the same location. Um, it's a market where she has uh, gathered uh, a bunch of different items um, from all across the, the city of dreams. Uh, so you can get the PlayStation Vita 2 uh, from the same place that you might get a crossbow, <laughs> uh, or uh, or a particular uh, fruit variety that uh, only grows uh, in in like a Jurassic forest. Uh, and Mary has just taken up a, a position behind the counter. It's not like warehouse sized there like Mary does try and curate things so that it, it's roughly the the size of a typical bodega um, she stands she sits behind the counter uh, usually reading some book or another and largely not paying attention unless a customer comes up to take something uh, she doesn't actually charge any money for it. She just wants to keep track of what things have been taken or left behind. Yeah, so I think Sabrina makes her way in. Uh, I like to imagine there's uh, either some stools set up by the counter or just a small armchair off to the side. She takes a seat, lets out a sigh. Hey, Mary, how are you doing? Oh, hey, I didn't hear you come in. I'm good. That's good to hear. Um. I've been taking notes on uh, 
things that people might need some help with uh, is now a good time? Oh, yeah. Go, go ahead. Uh, if you need another energy drink, uh, I, I've oh, got... Oh, please. Uh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, there's there's some in, in the fridge over there. Uh, I, got a, I got a new variety. Well, I, I guess uh, I am curious. So she's going to uh, make her way to the fridge, grab a couple cans of... Dare I ask what it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, it has uh, a, a picture of, like, Crash Bandicoot on the front, I think. Uh, what are what are like the the fruit that he collects in that Wampa game? fruit? Yeah, <laughs> they look yeah. kind of like weird mangoes. Yeah, yeah. I think this one is Wampa flavored. I think uh, Sabrina takes one sip and just gets the worst look on her face, but she's like, mm, "Okay, yeah, I can get used to that." Uh, so, and she's going to sit back down while she nurses the drink. First things first, uh, there was a possible insulation issue in 15QJ. Uh, one of the apartment buildings there seems like it might be letting in too much cold air. I'm worried that it might cause winter to get pretty harsh in certain layers. Um, so we should send somebody to check that out. Um, let's see. Polly, wait, you're telling me we can have surnames too if we want. Says that her building's wiring is fussy and the lights have been flickering a lot. I figure that's probably a pretty minor issue. We can just send, uh, an electrician or a BART after that. Uh, I'll pin, like, a thing to the bulletin board. Um, and then I also had something... I need a supply request. The Groundskeepers Association over at, uh, Fly Ash Park was asking for... Looks like pine cones, peach pits, and native wildflower seeds. Um, do you have any idea what wildflowers are native to the undertow? I didn't think the undertow had anything native to it. Uh, th then yeah, just give me like a grab bag, I guess. Yeah, sure. Uh, look, I don't... I don't want to, like, try and give advice or anything, but are you doing this delegating, like, all on your own? No, no, I, I trust me. I, even if I could, I would not want to. I, I think one time somebody talked about, like, erecting a statue, and I just got really nauseous, because, like, I don't, I don't want to be in any kind of, like, position of power, you know? That's... I, I'm just trying to help people, I guess. Okay, I'm just making sure, because you sound real busy. Oh, oh, you're worried. Are you, are you worried about my health? No, no, that's... Listen, um, Ruby and Cecilia have been picking up a lot of the slack. I'm just... If, if I don't do something every week or so, I get stir-crazy. I start to worry about how, you know, things that might be going wrong when I'm not looking out. Uh, it's... It's a whole thing, but I promise I will be responsible uh, about my health. All right, just making sure. I think with that, Mary stands up and uh, walks to one of like the the bulk shelves and um, just uh, gets a scoop and uh, scoops out some seeds and uh, puts them in like a little Duralap sack. Uh, and hands them to 
ties it up and, hand, and hands it to uh, Sabrina and says, uh, here you go. I, I made sure to avoid getting any of the carnivorous ones in there. Uh, that's fantastic. Thanks. Um, do you mind if I just sit here for a bit while I finish this off? Yeah, sure. No problem. I'm just sitting here reading. Yeah, so I think for a while, Sabrina just sits there, mostly in silence, drinking the energy drink. Eventually, she finds in herself to uh, get ready to head out. Uh, Hey, before I go, is there anything you need? Uh, Any messages you want me to pass along? I'm going to the hotel next, so... Uh... I guess you can tell my dad not to worry about me. No, Mary, you know your dad. He's going to worry anyway. (laughs) But I I am sure he'll appreciate it. Yeah, but I can at least try. (laughs) You hang in there, all right? Yeah, don't... Feel free to come back when you want. I think uh, I got I got someone telling me they're going to bring me in some wyvern blood in a couple weeks. So if you want to, you know, try some of that. Uh, like like a drink called wyvern blood or are we talking? I forgot to ask. Uh. You know what? I'll pick some up either way. It could be nice to uh, toss Harvey a can if I ever head over to Pulse. Uh, I will catch you later. I think uh, the door dings open and a Polly with a uh, hand truck just stacked up with boxes comes in and just says, Hey, I got the whole ship in the Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 4 for the PlayStation Vita. <laughs> I tried to explain to Christina that the whole reason Advance is in the title is the Game Boy Advance games, but ah, there's no arguing with her. Where do I put these? Uh, you can you can just put them in the in the storeroom in the back. I'll uh, uh, I'll put them on the shelves later. You don't have to worry about that. All right, great, good deal. Hey, we still on for the uh, union meeting on Thursday? Yeah, a- absolutely. Fantastic! Looking forward to it. Good seeing you. <laughs> just wheels it off towards the back. All right, yeah, I think Sabrina gives Mary a wave. She heads back out into the street, makes her way to the Neutral Milk Hotel. Thankfully, it's not a very long or difficult trip, both because Sabrina's pretty familiar with navigating the city in general and because the Neutral Milk Hotel can also just sort of be wherever it needs to be. So yeah, she makes her way into the lobby of the Neutral Milk Hotel. I imagine it's not as busy as it was during the heyday of the neighborhood. You know, people still need to take a rest from time to time, but uh, they're not living in a situation where the structure of reality is constantly leeching off of their happiness and energy in order to sustain itself. So, you know, probably people are a bit less tired these days. But uh, I think Quentin's there. Yeah, I would say before you see Quentin, you see uh, his Idolon International Player Club anthem featuring UGK. Uh, uh, I don't know. I guess it's a question. Would Gabe be there? Because I feel that... Uh, there could be a Gabe here, for yeah. sure. There's a Gabe here, and they are playing a multiplayer game, maybe Smash Brothers, but International Players Club Anthem featuring UGK is... Um, Using the fact that it has four ha- four pairs of hands to play three characters, I think despite that, Gabe's ability to see into the future is still at the, at the very least helping him a lot in this to beat all the characters at once. <laughs> so yeah, that's really they're really into it. That's going on in the back, but Quentin is like, "Oh hey, Sabrina, what's up?" 
Oh, uh, I was just, you know, taking a look around the city, uh, keeping an eye out for issues. You know how it is. Uh, it all looks like it should be fine, though. Sick, that's... I just want to say, we didn't hang out a lot. I, I was kind of with a different crew, but, like, this stuff you made with the house, with, like, turning that asshole into a house and making a whole universe, really appreciated. I, all my stuff is here. Oh, oh, you're, you're just living here now? Uh, I'm kind of bouncing around. Uh, there's a lot of universes, and there's a lot of, like, different visions, so I'm kind of, like, have you heard of, like, taking a gap year? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that. You're you're backpacking around all of existence. Yeah, and it is revealed he's wearing, like, a barista outfit for, like, so I'm here a little bit. I'm thinking about maybe, you don't know Baby Bear, but uh, sometimes people get into fights here, and I think maybe if they had another way to solve conflict, like, maybe a collectible card game. Uh, that could be a way that we could avoid exploding people into flowers. And there's like a wreath behind of in memorial. Yeah, of. I think uh, King the Ferret is here. He just sort of skitters into the room and says, I think exploding people into flowers is a preferable outcome to this nerd shit, personally. Not, not saying it's cool in anime as hell, but. He lost to a white weenie deck, didn't he? I just keep putting out more things. The only weenie around here is you. And he storms back out. But yeah, spread the word, by the way, if anybody wants to play card games here, I think, like, making a regular thing and, like, I don't know if, like, your crew that you kind of adventured with has been keeping in touch, but sometime having a ritual to, like, hang in touch is, like, good. And he looks a little, like hopeful of like i hope we still hang out with everyone um i I know that i would love to and uh i'm sure that the girls would also be open to it so uh yeah no i'll ask around yes he punches the air uh luke if you don't mind me asking yeah where are josh ruby and cecilia right now i think josh would be in the breakfast nook he is Doing his best to kind of take over Mary's job, but, uh, boy, there is just, just There's so much different kinds of milk. There's, like, milk stains all over the floor. Some of the kegs are leaking. You know, he did not, she really ran this part of the hotel, and he did not realize just how much work was put into it when he wasn't paying attention. And it is, uh, it is falling to pieces very quickly. Either he didn't notice how much work it was, or it's not really that much work, but he's, he will find a way to mess up anything he tries. Whoa, uh, hey, Josh, is everything okay? I feel like I wasn't gone for that long. Oh, hey, did, yeah, Sabrina, no, everything's great, yeah, you want some milk? Uh, no, I got this energy drink, it's, it's great. Uh, okay, for sure, I mean, I can get you milk, whatever kind you want, it's all here. I, I mean, I guess a glass of just, like, skim would be fine. Yeah, skim milk, coming up, uh, let's see here. Uh, I think he just, uh, hits the tap on one of the kegs, then puts down a, uh, glass of something purple. How does it smell? Um, neutral. (laughs) Fuck you. Oh, ah! I wasn't even thinking that, but... (laughs) I think she is going to very tentatively take a sip. 
It is definitely not skim milk, uh, but it, it tastes alright. It's got kind of a fruit punch flavor to it. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's not too bad, actually. Yeah, um, great. Listen, uh, do you maybe want to call Cecilia down to handle the counter for a bit? Because I actually wanted to talk to you in private, if you have oh. the time. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. I think Cecilia actually comes out and says, Hey, Josh, we are... Uh, the laundry machine's not working at... Ah, oh, shit. <sighs> I'll get the mop. Oh, hey, Sabrina. Hey, how, how are you and Ruby doing, babe? Oh, good, great. Yeah, just um trying to fix some stuff up around here. Uh, Ruby's a little more handy with uh, tools than I am, but, you know, I can hold a flashlight. Why the fuck are there exposed wires running along this pipe? Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's uh that's good to hear. I'm glad uh I'm glad things are working pretty well still. Um do you still wanna like make something nice for dinner tonight or do we just wanna Oh yeah, I know definitely. Um if you come by my place around eight? Yeah, sure, that sounds fantastic. Okay, awesome. We should be wrapped up by then, you know, with plenty of time to spare. Alright, um in that case, yeah, Josh, can we um can we go for a walk outside? Uh, yeah, sure, I I guess. I think he, I think Josh leads you to the uh, front door and, like, opens it up into the city. No, no, um, the other outside. Uh, what do you want to go out there for? It's, it's quiet, and, you know, it, it's, it feels a little more private, and this is just something that I guess I wanted to talk to you about person to person. Uh, yeah, all right, sure, yeah. And he uh, closes the door and opens it again, and, uh, yeah, you see sort of that one gray, rocky plateau uh, about you know a few feet down from the threshold of the door. Yeah, I think Sabrina heads in. She's walking pretty slowly and carefully. The Most of the rocks aren't too bad to deal with, but, you know, she tries to take things easy lately. Um, yeah. She's occasionally, you know... Glancing over her shoulder, making sure there's nobody but her and Josh. Probably not something she needs to worry about, but eh, she can be a little paranoid sometimes. What's uh, what's the deal? Uh, I'm worried, I guess. About what? When I first came up with the city and right after I built it, I guess, or built the foundations for it. I I was really excited and optimistic, and I felt like it was all going to be perfect, and now I just feel like all I can think about is the mistakes I made, or the missed opportunities, the things that aren't finished, or might never be finished, the things that aren't all the way there yet, and that are still going to need a lot of work, and I just keep worrying that, you know, not tomorrow, not next week, but, you know, a few years from now, or decades, or centuries, or however much time it is, I'm worried that maybe it's all gonna fall apart, and then where the hell will we be, you know? I mean... Look, uh... <laughs> look around you right now. 
at what a shithole this place is. You know, it is uh, a desolate fucking wasteland where nothing can live. But it got that way because I tried to take care of everything by myself. And that's at least one mistake I know that you guys are avoiding right now. You got a lot of good people behind you, and you got a lot of folks that are all just as dedicated as you are to making this thing run smoothly. Of course there's problems. It'd be weird if there wasn't. Besides, you wouldn't have anything to do anymore if everything was perfect. You just gotta, you know, take it one day at a time and make sure everyone's uh, working together. And, I don't know, maybe you're right. Maybe one day it will all fall apart, but... And cross that bridge when you get to it, right? Yeah, I I guess so. In the time being, you made something pretty great, and if you spend all your energy stressing out about how it could go wrong, you're not going to have any time to enjoy it. Yeah, you, uh, you have a good point. Oh, um, your daughter wanted me to let you know that she's still doing fine. Oh, you uh, saw her? How is she? she? Listen, she's doing great. She is... Settled in at the at the market. Um, seems like people are, you know, using it just as much as they need to. Uh, supplies are good. Uh, she's still doing union meetings with the polys, which is nice to see. That's great. That's really good to hear. Uh, if you see her again, let her know. I got everything under control here. She doesn't need to uh, feel like she's, you know, I, I, I'm handling everything without her. And I'm not, I, I am not. Uh, in need of her help. You know, um, Josh, I can still... I can spend a bit more time at the hotel if oh. you need me to. Because, listen, I I know I talked earlier about how I want to keep an eye on the city, but there's a lot of people out there. Hell, just... Sabrina's alone. There's easily hundreds. And then, you know, you factor everybody else in who's looking around or just making repairs. Um, I'm sure that it would be okay if I... Didn't check in for, like, a week or two. You want to go on a vacation to come work for me again? Uh, hey, uh, it was honestly one of the better experiences in my life. I mean, I'm not going to tell you no if that's really what you want to do. I think uh, Sabrina doesn't really respond to that. She just sort of stops walking and just looking down at the ground. Oh, um... Josh, I actually asked Mary this earlier. Um, do you know if there are wildflowers native to the undertow? <sighs> no, not really. I mean, back when we... I, I guess the undertow is the whole city now, but back before that, it was just, uh, you know, creepy oil ground in every direction. Um, so what would you say if you saw... One that kind of had, like, slightly curved petals and this kind of loop in the stem, and the the whole thing sort of shimmered like oil does when the light hits it right. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're talking about uh, the kind of flowers I used to grow here back when uh, flowers could grow here. Uh, yeah, I think I might be, Josh. I think Josh looks down and sees the flower that I presume you're looking at. Yeah. And I think he is just sort of stunned into silence 
Where'd that come from? I I guess it came from here. That's not. <laughs> That's not possible. Nothing's grown here in um. I don't even know how long. That's everything died here. Well, uh, it's been a pretty long time since you were checking in on it regularly. I guess maybe conditions changed. He's kind of is staring at the flower and like hand over his mouth kind of and you can see just his eyes kind of shimmering. I think Sabrina's just going to uh, carefully lower herself onto the ground stretch her legs out pull out uh, PS Vita and boot up uh, I I don't know if it normally has a camera app but I'm assuming these ones do. Uh Uh-huh. She's just gonna carefully line up a shot. Hey, um Get in the frame. I wanna, I wanna uh, see if I can uh, get you with it. Oh, uh, yeah, sure, okay. He kind of shuffles over to the uh, closer to the flower. He is like almost scared to get too close to it. Hey, first day of the rest of your life, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I think there's just a soft click as Sabrina takes a picture. In the metaphysical space outside the skyscraper that is the universe as we now know it, a bit down the block, as it were, is a small office building. A humble, inexpensive place, reminiscent of a piece of well-kept strip mall. Within lies the offices of Detective Valerie Danger Godlove, helper of the helpless, sharpest nose in town, the grease that keeps the wheels of justice turning in this... admittedly pretty nice and well-run world. Compared to everything that came come before it, Kind of messes with the whole gritty sleuth vibe, but hey, if it means people are living better, I guess that's a trade worth making. Anyway, just because it's a better world doesn't mean there aren't still problems to solve. Things go missing, disagreements get out of control, sometimes there's just weird stuff happening. Tons of people have magic powers, and the universe is an ever-shifting kaleidoscope of ideas and settings. Things get crazy sometimes. Frankly, the world needs great detectives more than ever, so they're lucky I'm still around. Oh, yeah, I was narrating this. Kind of meant to keep it as a more of a third-person thing. Anyway, this here office building can be found in any number of places in there. I'm uh, gesturing at the Universe Skyscraper now. And they all lead right back here. Myself and my dedicated staff of Chili's are available for any mystery you need help with. Be it a curiosity, quest, or genuine possible crime, we'll find the right investigator for you. Okay, and then I point at the camera. Like, you know... I'm talking directly to the person watching it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, we'll air this on every TV in the multiverse. Yeah, like late night stuff. That's when people need detectives, right? Yeah, it'll be fine. In the months following the collapse of all reality and the rebirth of the City of Dreams, Abby and Sloane have found themselves in a universe much like the one they first met in. They live a normal life together. It's happy, it's mundane, and it's intimate. They're happy. They're together. I'm home! Oh, hey, Abs. Uh, how was your day, babe? Eh, it was fine. Class is okay. The, um, the new girl actually caught me with a hook. She's got potential. 
<laughs> wow, the great Sloane Parker actually had to pay attention in her boxing class for once. It's a miracle. Shut up. Um, wh- what are we doing for dinner? Um, uh, what do you think about, uh, Indian? We had that, like, a few days ago. Honey, that was, like, a couple months ago. Uh, um, uh, well, um, yeah, yeah, sure, that, that, that's fine, we can, um, we can get Indian, yeah. Hey. What? Talk to me. About what I, I said, Indian is fine. You're putting up walls, Sloan. We've talked about this. Just sit down and talk to me. <sighs> Look, it, it's... It's not... Nothing's wrong. We're, we're great. And I managed to get the job, and we've got this place. It, but... But I'm, I'm just restless, I, I guess. It's stupid. Honey, it's not stupid. You, you went through a lot. You haven't gotten to take a real breath in, what, a hundred years? And now you're... Ah. Ah. Uh, uh, what? I, I know that ah. Uh, what just happened? I'm an idiot. Whoa, what? Abby, no, no, you're not- We've been here for a year, and it took me this long to realize. I never actually asked you what what you wanted to do, I mean. You asked? No, I told you what I wanted to do, and you said you were fine with it. That's not the same. I thought you were just going to take some time to settle in, but- Uh, Abby, wait, wait, hold on, I- I love you. I love being with you. I, I may be, like, a little fucking antsy or whatever, but I'm not going anywhere without you. I, I can deal with this. It's okay. <laughs> what makes you think you'd be going without me? I mean, you, you've got your job, and we... I'm pretty sure there'll be libraries still whenever we decide to come back for a bit. I can find another one. But what about the apartment we've... Got our stuff and our bills and rent and- Sloan. Sloan. My love. I have time powers. Give me 20 minutes in front of some slot machines and we'll have enough to pay rent for a decade. But we- But- Nope. Stop. Listen to me. I know you, Sloan Parker. You feel like you can put up with anything as long as it's for someone you care about. You never stop to ask yourself if you have to. I love you. If this is what you need to be happy, then let's do it. It isn't the neighborhood, but I'm sure we can find some dumb adventures out there in the multiverse, or at least make some for ourselves. (sighs) Fuck. How... How did I find the best woman in all reality? Yeah, I am pretty amazing. Are are you sure about this? I I know you don't love the fights, I'm probably gonna have to get a little bloody sometimes. Oh, I'll survive. Besides, who else is gonna be there to rewind you when you inevitably get your ass kicked? Now, go get packed. Wait, 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 we're leaving now? Yeah, wait, wait, come on, let's get going. Let's wait an hour. What? Why? What do we have to do in an hour? Oh. 
Yeah. Race you to the bedroom? Done. As they sprint towards the bedroom, Sloane takes an early lead, but Abby rewinds her just a little bit. Hey, no Eidolons! That's... that's cheating! No! Sloane and Abby find their real home isn't in any one universe in this city of dreams, it's with each other. They never come back to this apartment, this world. They spend their days hopping from reality to reality. Sometimes staying just a few days, sometimes for months at a time. They visit old friends, save lives, even finding the time to get married on the way. No matter what the endless worlds of the City of Dreams throws at them, they'll face it. Hand in hand, forever. Outside the Neutral Milk Hotel sits Caroline Rose. You can hear a loud party playing from the inside of the hotel. The door opens and Carly Rose comes out. Oh, hey, is, uh, do you mind if I bomb a smoke off you? Sure, yeah, yeah, I, I got, uh, I got plenty, sure, here. Yeah, thanks. She, like, grabs one and it's like, and a light, I just... Oh, um, yeah, here. I think she hands, like, a, a nice Zippo that has a rose engraved on it. She, like, lights it, takes a drag. You can... Okay, you can tell me to go fuck off if you want, but I'm surprised I didn't see you until right now. Well, until that moment, like, I don't know. Where you been? Everyone's always talking about you and your past with all of them. She, like, gestures wildly to the inside to the party. But, I don't know, I just... I don't know, I expected to see you more. Yeah, well... I didn't really want to see much of any of that anymore. I, I... They may talk about me, but, um... My time wasn't exactly great. So... When I had a chance to opt out, I opted out. This wasn't my life anymore until... An hour ago, or whenever. What the fuck is time here? Yeah, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, please, please let me know if... I'm, I don't know, overstepping, but, like, can I ask you what were you doing? Because, I don't know, I'm still figuring out what I'm going to do. Well, um, prior to this, I was mostly being gaslit by the man I'm in a, I was in a relationship with. Okay, yeah, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Girl, but still, same. Yeah, um, and... Uh, realized that I hadn't escaped the trauma that I thought I had, and it, look, you're me, you're a younger me, I know we're different or whatever, but... Yeah, like, it doesn't matter, a couple years. But still, I, you want to know, 
you want to try and figure out what you want to do, I'm the last person you should ask. I fucked it up all the way, constantly. So, um, that's why, that's why you didn't see me. I don't want to, like, fuck it up more. She, like, takes another drag of the cigarette, stays quiet for a little bit, and then says, I don't know, I feel like you're being too harsh on yourself. Oh, no, to be clear, I'm not harsh on myself. I'm harsh on everyone else I (laughs) chose to allow into my life, like Quentin Brooks. So, the best thing I could do for myself is to not be in that life. No, I get it. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to get your approval or whatever, but for what it's worth, I don't think, I don't think I'm gonna be in that life. I'm gonna go back to my boyfriend, make sure he's okay, God, Ron, and, uh, I don't know, see what we can do together. It was nice making music with him and with Ursula when that wasn't terrible, but I feel we could do something else. I don't know. Maybe we'll just write tracks for people and sell them. That sounds nice. I mean, my most prominent achievement in life was ghostwriting a book for Quentin prior to this, so... Hey, you still wrote Oh, no, I did. It's it's a damn good book. I'm proud of it. I just wish my name was on the cover. But, um... I mean, it sounds like you have a better plan than I did. So, do it. Go be with your boyfriend, Ron. Jesus. A Ron? Like Ron Moreau? Yeah, Ron. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's He's good. He's... He's a sweetheart. He just... He just wants to make music that... Changes people, helps people. He always goes around talking about that. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I think he had it worse than me with... Mm. With Ursula... Like, there would be times where she would just ignore him for long periods of time. I don't know. I feel... I feel like he deserves better. And maybe that's not me, but I feel we were able to survive through a lot, you know? Yeah. I... Look... Surviving isn't nothing. Like, it's hard. And the fact that you did get through that is good. Go go be with him. Go figure out if maybe that's what both is best for both of you. You got time now, so... Yeah, I'm not... She, like, finishes the cigarette. I'm not, like... I don't want to go and, like, marry him and have my life with him. I don't know. I want to spend time with my friend. Talk to other friends I haven't talked to in a while. Because some because she didn't like it when I talked to people without her. Um, yeah. But, yeah. It's funny. I mean, I guess it's not funny. My Quentin sounds, I don't know, very different than yours. He does, like, palm readings. Well, He's married to dating. I don't know if they got married with Henry. Uh, whoa, should go yeah. say hi to them. Well, look, 
that Quentin is different than my Quentin. And mm. you are different than me. Yeah. And that sounds like that might be a good thing. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep doing okay. But go. Like, figure your shit out. Yeah, I think I'm going to head out. Yeah, me too. I don't feel obligated, but if you ever end up wherever I end up and you hear you hear us or whatever, I don't know. Would it be weird if you went to a concert for another version of yourself? That wouldn't even be in the top five weirdest <laughs> shit I've had to do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, if you if you see me, reach out. Don't be a stranger. You too, Carly. Bye, Caroline. Content in seeing that Christina had a rich life full of purpose, friends, and loved ones, Chili the Fox, special name Carolina Cayenne Chili, decided to return to university, along with her Virginia Valentine, and complete her degree, secretly auditing a number of classes, largely articultural and botany classes. Upon graduation, she decided to take up exploring the new neighborhood, feeling that confining herself to even a single entire region was too much of a cage for her. She discovered many amazing places and met many fascinating people, and ultimately found herself in a space outside of it all, in an open field unbound by any borders, accessible to all but contained by none. She built herself a den here and quickly discovered it to be quite fertile soil, and so began a simple garden and spent her days tending to it. In time, her many friends and acquaintances from her travels began to visit, and many took up an interest in the land as well. As there was space enough for all, Chile decided to officially designate it the community garden, and all who wished to grow things there were welcome, so long as they grew her a single sample of anything new for her to taste. Among the first and most dedicated of her guests was Jenny Calibert, who discovered that she had a bit of a green thumb herself, and was glad for the opportunity to nurture life for once. Together with Jenny and a small contingent of interested Paulies, they developed a sophisticated food delivery network, ensuring that people from all over the world had access to any crop they could imagine. We go now to the Mailer Damon's Union Hall, where Mary is giving her weekly class on communist theory. Uh, a whole bunch of Mailer Damons are piled in, uh, seated in wooden chairs, kind of just crowded into the room as uh, Mary stands at a lectern at the front in front of a uh, sort of messy whiteboard with a handful of notes. Okay, so you, you all are here because... Well, let's be honest. The previous people you worked for were not good people. They did not treat you right. And what you all learned from your experience with them is that a single mailer demon, well, if they stepped out of line, they didn't have much power to stand against the bosses, the people in control. But when you gathered together, then you had power. When you all followed the same course of action, stood up for each other, 
then your bosses were forced to take notice. They were forced to acknowledge that you existed. And then you killed them, which I approve. But also, it doesn't all necessarily always end that way. The idea is that by forming these unions where everyone looks out for everyone else, you form these strong social safety nets of protection that allow all of you to take risks to better yourselves that normally would be untenable for a single individual. With all due respect, Mary... Hi, I'm Polly, by the way. Yes, go ahead, Polly. With all due respect, Mary, I feel like we understand the basic concepts of collective action and have signed up for this class primarily to get deeper into the finer points of theory. For instance, I'm still a little unclear on the distinction between communism and socialism. Yeah, and I'm still trying to figure out how social democracy and democratic socialism are different. Oh, well, other Polly, if if you could just wait a moment, I'll be happy to answer these questions in turn. Oh, for fuck's sake, you guys, we gotta go over this all the fucking time. They put the notes on the website. You can look it up for this kind of shit. Yeah, I'd rather we not waste the valuable meeting time on basic terminology. I still feel like I got some unanswered criticisms of the efficiency of centralized planned economies vis-a-vis logistics. Oh, good. Here we go again with this shit. Okay. Um, well, it seems you all have done quite a bit of research in in the intervening time. Uh, I'm just saying I'm skeptical that any centralized power, no matter how well-designed, well-managed, or well-intentioned, is capable of being as responsive and reactive as is necessary to meet the needs of the populace it serves. Oh, go graffiti a mailbox about it, you goddamn anarchy! Incredible, the fucking tanky wants to resort to name-calling! Fuck, you just call me Polly! Mary, this meeting is getting out of hand quickly. <laughs> Mary is going to... Uh, slowly close her copy of Das Kapital Uh (laughs) and then sort of lift it up and let it fall back onto the lectern just making an incredibly loud bang that echoes through the room I think the mailer daemons all pop up in the air in response to it but it does not deflate the heating argument as uh the quote-unquote anarchy Mailer David says, Oh, what are you gonna do? Airbrush me out of a photograph and send me to the gulag? If you got a beef with the original universe's USSR, how about you present a critique that ain't fundamentally rooted in capitalist imperialist propaganda? How about you eat my entire ass? They are now uh, beginning to brawl with each other in the aisles. You know, I think I'm just gonna let this play out. I... This is why I don't go outside of the house. <laughs> Mary, you can be sure of one thing you've absolutely taught them, and that is uh, the the principle of becoming ungovernable. Well, that's something, at least. Uh, the entire room soon erupts into a giant dust cloud with fists and uh, legs sticking out of it every now and then, uh, until eventually, as the hour winds down, all the bruised and tired uh, Mailer Daemons all finally seem to have punched through their differences and are now 
uh, in sort of just a huddle slash group hug of solidarity. And um, Mary, you uh, have really not taught them much of anything today, but you can at least do this much as you head over to the piano and begin to play for them. Through the workers' blood shall run There can be no power greater Underneath infinite suns Yet what is there in the undertow That's weaker than the one But the union makes us strong fair, much like a casino, actually, is, when you get right down to it, essentially just a more specialized form of carnival. There's fewer rides and games, and a hell of a lot more shops. You sub out darts in favor of crossbows, multicolored neon in favor of wrought iron lanterns, and the venerable corn dog for equally greasy turkey drumsticks and shanks of mutton. And, of course, it's much easier to get your hands on a glass of liquor or a freshly sharpened Zweihander. But at the end of the day, it is still a sprawling maze of stalls and booths and benches, elevated to something wondrous by means of effective presentation. It's only a few months after the universe ended for what is, hopefully, the last time, and the late summer heat is finally starting to die down. The sky, however, is exceedingly bright and clear, which is one of the reasons that a certain Harvey D. Godlove is wearing not just a jacket and a starched-up, wide-brimmed hat, but a nice, formal shirt. He burns very easily, you see. The other reason he's wearing a shirt is that even he recognizes that a cravat and a bandolier of wooden stakes resting on an otherwise bare torso would look ridiculous. Alright, let's see. The next joust isn't until three, so we got a couple hours to kill. Uh, you girls want to go check out the Mummers, or should we grab lunch? The fuck is a Mummer? Uh, it's like a costumes, like, le- le- they're like actors, but they like, they like fight or dance or something. I don't know, it's been a while since I've been to one of these. I, I was kind of hoping to check out maybe some artist stalls, get a cool painting of a dragon. 
ooh, yes, I would love to do that. That sounds great. Okay, I think that's a ways up, and then we take the first left. That should get us where we need to go. I know you two mentioned having uh, outfits in mind. Um, I think Sloane is wearing, like, a very muscly, like, warrior, like, like got a big old fake sword on her back. And Abby is the one who actually dressed them and is wearing a white mage outfit. Uh, Christina is wearing cosplay of uh, Caster Artoria from Fake Grand Order. It's, it is close enough to what you might expect to see of like a, you know, just normal wizard costume that it doesn't immediately make people at the Ren Fair angry at her for wearing something from a anime game. <laughs> but also, it is distinct enough that it will piss off people who do recognize it and are not happy that she's not wearing something from just normal medieval fantasy. Oh, uh, Christina, I wonder, your, your costume is amazing. Oh, thanks. Uh, with all the free time we have now, I've been getting into, you know, costume crafting and... It's really good. Like, I, like, I, I, I had a few friends who did. It's, it's really good. You're great. Thank you. You look awesome, too. Thank you. All right, um, artists, should we go? Yeah, I think, and Harvey starts leading the way past a few stalls, mostly food ones. But then, I think as they're turning to go down to the lane that would have uh, custom art like that, they actually pass by a fortune teller's booth, which catches his eye. Oh, shit. Oh, dude, I haven't I haven't done this in ages. You know, it, this is a fucking scam, Harvey. You know that, right? But, what are you talking about? It's, it's a scam. Fortune, like, Okay, you know no one in there is going to have an idol on, so it's all a scam. You don't know that. Listen, I I have had my fortune told before, not just with idolons. Okay, you know what? If we go in there and there is someone with an idolon, I'll be the first one to do it, okay? All right, you got yourself a deal. And uh, I think the four of them do approach the booth, uh, and the good news is that the person there definitely has an idolon. Greetings, I've been expecting you. Oh, for fuck's sake. How do we meet a Quentin? <laughs> Professor, fancy meeting you here. Wait, Quentin? Yes, it's Quentin? me. Uh, how you been? How the f- Why are you here? Come on, fate brought him here, Sloan. <sighs> how have you been, Quentin? It's been great. Uh, I've been kind of just kind of bouncing around between the different worlds and whatnot, and everyone's all doing their own thing, and, uh... I've been really just getting a lowdown. What's going on at the Ren Fair? I had a listen. I had a conversation with Caroline about some things, and I'm here to talk to some uh, some Ren Fair people about Ren Fair stuff. You look shady. <laughs> this is what are you? What scam are you running? I'm not running any scam. By the way, do you have twenty dollars <laughs> for your fortune? I. Th- I think Sloan gives him $20, but it's from a different universe, so it doesn't, it's not real, like here. <laughs> this is a picture on the dollar bill. <laughs> this is a picture on it. <laughs> it's Hulk Hogan. Oh, no. Oh, I, it's a, from a bad I universe. I to that universe. Ah, yes. <laughs> One Hogan buck. 
All right, which one of you? Which one of y'all want to go first? I'll, or maybe like as a group thing, or I mean, I think Sloane's going first. She sounded real excited about it. <sighs> All right, Sloane. God damn it! Focus your mind. Close your eyes, Sloane. Close them. Done. Done. <sighs> I want you to take a deep breath and focus. Focus. Oh, I'm really focused. All right, now mm-hmm. with your eyes closed, he like drops a bunch of cards on the table. Uh, pull out three of these. Okay, and... Three, okay. All right. Quentin takes those three, throws them away. All right, we can make <laughs> our own fate. Uh, he's gonna pull three cards out of there, and this is what he pulls. Ooh, mm, yes, quite, mm. He puts down Justice, the King of Pentacles, and the Lovers. I think when when the lover shows up, Abby like just goes, "Oh, yeah." So it looks like you know, justice is pretty straightforward. It's about you know order and kind of fucking dealing justice and putting your kind of view in the world. Uh, King of Pentacles is <laughs> one moment, please. Loading, <laughs> holding. He's just, he's just flipping through a little book. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually, he has, behind the table, he has narrative musicology and the occult science of stories. Your own book? There's a whole section in here about Tara. I was really, I really, like, was in on that. You wrote that book, Quentin. A version of me from a different reality, and also, Caroline wrote a lot of it. Alright. Yeah, Caroline did write most also, of Also, when book. you get to his age, you forget more things than you learned. He's not 80. Not 80. I'm like 20 or 35 or a billion years old. <laughs> it's weird with us, huh? Time is weird. Oh, yeah, I guess I guess it is. I never thought about how old I technically am. All right. So, Pentacles have to deal with like money and fight like finances and stuff and like material realities. So, you know, Looks like you're going to fucking kill it on that end. And uh, The Lovers is about harmony and coming together and choosing love over everything else. So I guess your fortune will be you will come in a situation where you will be forced to choose between what is right and what is easy. It will probably have to relate to something having to do with finances. And your answer should be, you know, look to the ones you love. You described something that happened six months ago good job <laughs> the cards sometimes the cards can be a little off time wise but you know also we live in a time as a river cycles you know mm. that could all happen to you at this rent fair god i hope not yeah what if what if you have to choose between buying a cool sword and buying a dragon painting well buy the dragon painting abby wants the dragon painting oh well there you go fortune told god damn it one of you go <laughs> All right, uh, do one for Harvey and me. Okay, so in our first card, we have the star. Hmm. Auspicious. Center of the universe. All that good jazz. Uh, next, we have death, which means change. Uh, means some things will have to... You'll be coming to the end of things, but also be coming to bright new beginnings. Christina whispers to Harvey, well, I guess you are technically undead. Wouldn't that be death reversed, though? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could be. You could be bringing in your own weird energy because of the undeath thing. I don't, you might want to read these all upside down since you're a vampire. I don't know. Listen, I didn't add vampire rules in the back of this book, so I don't know how that changes things. 
Also, this last one here is the Ten of Wands. You're going to get, like, hella wands. Oh, you're going to get so many fucking wands. You won't even know what to do with them. Are, are you sure what that's what the card means? Oh, yeah. You will acquire at least ten wands. It's pretty, pretty cut and dry. I mean, there's a place here that sells, like, really good breadsticks. Ah, yes. The, the Sloan's wands. The wands for Italians. I do, why do you people keep thinking I'm, I'm, I have red hair. My last name is Parker. <laughs> Wait, you're not Italian? No. Do I look Italian? I uh, know. Do I look Italian? I, you look like a vampire. Have you been hearing that from the Polys? They, they, they say a lot of things. They have a lot of lore about Slobe that, uh... <laughs> it's so, none of it is true. I helped them get eggs. That was it. Oh, yeah. I did hear a lot about you from the Polys. <sighs> Let's just go get those wands. But I think as Sloane goes to leave, Abby goes, Sloane, and just kind of nods her head at Quentin. <clears throat> Quentin, I'm happy you're doing well. Oh, I'm happy you're doing well, too. You are not a con artist. And I am sorry I am still being a bitch to you. You don't deserve that. I really appreciate that, Sloan. I think if we learn anything on our journey is that we can all change. Uh, you know? Nothing nothing set in stone. Yep. And make sure you stop by that bread place and get those breads. Uh, four, ten of them. As many as possible. We will get ten breads for you, Awesome. Awesome. Tell them Quinn send you. No no reason specifically, but... (laughs) Mm. Quinn, do you have a deal with the bread place? <laughs> you get a cut from the bread. Is that why you said um, the ten of wands? Listen, the cards randomly. You never can tell what are going to come up with these cards. God damn it! I knew it. <sighs> ah. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say as Sloane turns around uh, to go back outside with the group, uh, she notices that Christina has her cell phone up, as if recording a video. No. Give me the phone. I, I've got video evidence nope. of you saying nice things about Quentin. God. No one will ever believe it otherwise. I'm getting a fucking turkey leg. Bye. Now I know what you might be thinking. Bart, old boy, what would an old fella like you get up to in a place like the City of Dreams? And what I'd say to you first is that I am 45 years young and still have plenty of get-up-and-go left in me. Then, after I had politely corrected you, I'd say I started doing what I wanted to do for a very long time now. Get a posse together. Ginny and Ron were happy to accept my offer, So was Hatch, of course, but, you know, it can be hard for a young person to leave the life they knew behind. They had some things they need to take care of first. Alright, uh, let's see. Got canteen, uh, a couple weeks of protein bars, hats, belts, um, can opener, lighter. Okay, uh... Hey, hey, are there any, um, are there any male people around? Male carriers? Hey, are you looking for a, a male person? Uh, yeah, somebody, who, like a courier. I, I, I have a, a letter, too, actually. Uh, oh, I thought you meant uh, a male gender person. 
<laughs> uh, uh, sorry, I, I, I think I met you, but I, do, I, I don't know if, um, who are you? Oh, you, you were at the great battle. You saw my defeat of the, of the demonic Teoth. Hello there, young man. I am Burgess Ethelwolf Joseph. What is your name? Oh, um, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Lisa Fratelli, sir. It's a pleasure to meet you. Hmm. What's your real name, Lisa? Uh, well, uh, I'll be honest, I haven't, uh, settled on it quite yet, but, um, I've been thinking about Hatch, sir. Hatch. Uh, Hellbender Hatch D. Midway. Hatch D. Midway. That's quite a name right there. You think so? I, uh, I, I, you know, it's, uh, it, it just, I like how it sounds, is all. That's all you need. If you, if you want to change it later, of course you can. Yeah, I, I, uh, I guess you're right. Nothing wrong with, uh, bouncing around a bit. Uh, anyway, yeah, I just need to drop off a couple letters for, uh, my folks and for my old roommate. Let them know not to worry about me, and then, uh... I gotta go meet up with uh, Bart and Ron. Sorry, those those are a couple. I don't know if I'd call them friends, more mentors. You know how it is. Wait, isn't Bart? That's the cowboy, isn't he? Yes, yeah, yes, he is, <gasps> sir. Are you forming a posse? Uh, that that's my understanding. A posse. I always wanted to ride in a posse. It's what I dreamed of back on the pig farm. Would you mind if I joined you, Hatch? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'd, I'd be fine with it if, uh, if they are, for sure. Now these letters, uh... I'm sure there's a demon box around here somewhere. Yeah, uh, let's, uh... I'll, uh, I'll just, let's just, uh, walk and see what we find, huh? Yeah. With all the buckaroos assembled, we made our way off into the horizon, leading our horses to wherever we happened to fancy at the time. Starting in Las Vegas, as our group seems to do regardless of the universe we're in, we spent a good bit of time in the desert, but with the unique geography we now inhabit, our surroundings never stayed the same for too long. Eventually, we found ourselves in a forest not unlike what you might find in Northern California, with enormous trees that stretched up into the sky so far it'd put a crick in your neck just trying to look up at them. We met our first dragon there. A smaller one must have accidentally wandered in from some other reality passing through. Gave us a bit of a scare at first, but the thing about dragons is they tend to come from places where arrows are the most common projectile. Those scales may be tough, but a well-placed shot from Hatch's revolver slipped through and got it right in the tail. And I'll be damned, it dropped that dang tail like a frightened lizard and flew off to God knows where. So that takes us to the present. We've set up camp in a nice clearing, surrounded by tree trunks as thick as a sasquatch, cooking dragon tail stew over a campfire, just as the night is getting dark enough to see the stars looking down on us. Ginny's off, uh, getting some more firewood, but the rest of us are sitting around the campfire. The thing about dragon is it, it cooks a lot like cooks a lot like gator, is what I found. By the way, I'm, I'm 
I'm Ron Monroe. My my last name's Monroe. I'm New Orleans Monroe's, so we know a little bit about cooking gator. Uh, and I gotta say, dragon slightly better than gator. Well, I I would hope so. I you know they are they are quite rare. Honestly, I'm surprised you've seen one before. Uh, no, I have not. I was terrified. I was terrified for my life. Uh, I was trying to keep it cool for every all all the other buckaroos. Uh, but no, this was my first dragon encounter, and I think we did pretty okay. <laughs> Ethelwolf slaps him on the back and says, "You did fantastic, Ronald." Thank, thank, thank you. I I'm still still not great with the guns. I I think I fired six shots. All of them. None of them hit the dragon. Um, but Hatch, good, good cover. Good cover, me. Uh, listen, you, you don't need to, uh, <laughs> you don't need to compliment me. It's all just part of, uh, I guess not really a job so much as a lifestyle, but, uh, thank you anyway. And listen, Ron, for... For all you're worried about it, uh, you seem pretty good with uh, the animals that ain't trying to kill us. So, uh, you know, we we each got our skills. Yeah, I guess if we pull back, we see that uh, <laughs> Ron has a whole pack full of like horse hair care and like uh, of utilities. <laughs> the mane on his horse looks just amazing. What, what, are, what are you what are you feeding these things? Uh, I think uh, uh, Bart is just listening to this conversation as he is cutting up some onions uh, to uh, put into the pot that is uh, hanging over the campfire. Well, in about uh, 20 minutes or so, this thing should be cooked well enough. Uh, honestly, not sure what sort of bacteria we're, have to, we're having to worry about when it comes to dragon meat, so I'm just going to play it safe. Uh, I think Hatch is just like rummaging around in his pack for some hot sauce. I know, I know, I had it in here somewhere. It, this thing has too many damn pouches. That's why you got to come up with an organizational system of one pouch per per purpose. I I don't really know if there are that many purposes. Most of them I just have for food in some way or another. Ah, uh, that does make things a bit trickier. So Ethelwolf, but. How are you feeling about all this? Because it, se- it seems like folks you knew and grew up with are just sort of not around anymore. Yes, well, it has been a few centuries since then. That's all right. I I was always uh, more more of a loner type. Well, I I hope you don't mind uh, our company. Well, you 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 asked to come along. That's a silly thing to say. Sorry. I'm uh, I'm just real nervous about this. I've never really been this far from home. Uh, although it's kind of only a state or two away. This whole layered universes intersecting each other thing is a little... Well, I guess it's not that much newer to get used to than the last paradigm. Fuck, it has not been that long, has it? Home is merely the place where your heart feels comfortable. If you look up at the sky, you can see the stars from 10,000 subjective perceptions of reality. Simply look at it and find the one that feels right to you. I think I like uh, that one up there, and uh, he points. The, the one that looks uh, 
It's like a ways next to... I guess that'd be the Big Dipper? Uh, it's that big one. The, the big but kind of dim one? I, I, I never took uh, astronomy. Oh, you mean the one that looks like a, like a hammer? Normally when you have a hammer, everything's supposed to look like a nail instead of just more hammers, Mr. Burgess. It's... well, a hammer and a nail both kind of look the same. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> They have a long part and then a, a wider part at the ends. <laughs> Do they now? <laughs> well, I suppose that is technically true in in the sense that a chicken is also a, a biped, like a human is, but... Indeed, and a crocodile is a cousin of a chicken, which is why dragons taste so similar. That's true. That, that, that's just science. You, you know a lot about science, Ethelwolf. Well, I am a professor. Of course, makes sense, makes sense. Think you're gonna found a new school out here sometime? Or just keep seeing the world and learning new things? Carry it back someday? Well, my school still exists. It seems to be running fine without me. Uh, I think it would be better for me to travel, be a, a bit of a traveling mentor. Dispense wisdom uh, in many places. What do you want out of this, Ron? Well, I guess I was just... I like the wide open spaces. After all that time locked up in Ohio. <laughs> after all those, after all that time back in that town. After all that time really, you know, back at Walmart. It's good to just have fresh air and open spaces. And these trees are, like, impossibly tall. It's... He just takes a deep breath and then closes his eyes. It's peaceful. I feel... I can think... beyond what's just in front of me. <sighs> Is this your y'all's first posse? Well, sort of. I don't know if you count the one that, uh... Me and Virginia and Christina founded when we found the magic fox and all that. I feel, yeah. I guess that was more posse in the sense that we were actively seeking to avenge some kind of injustice, but didn't really have any, like. It wasn't thematically Western in any way, so I don't know if it counts or not. A posse is. And then Bartholomew kind of stares up and looks at the stars for a moment. I think, like almost a little too long like it almost seems like he forgot that he was <laughs> supposed to finish the sentence but then just about just as someone is about to interrupt him uh, he continues a posse is a group of people you get together with with a common goal to accomplish maybe it's a more definitive goal like beating up uh, an evil uh, evil principal of your school like you previously did or it could be just going on a journey of mutual self-discovery like we're doing right now that sounds wonderful that sounds great I... I'm so glad y'all let me in your posse even though I don't know a whole lot about cowboy stuff I just kinda just like wandering I think Ah, that's okay. You'll you'll learn soon enough, though. 
maybe stay away from the lasso next time. Took me a bit of work to get you untied from that. I thought it would be easier to let my Eidolon do it since it has more arms. That did not help. No, that just that just made way more knots than a normal human being could have normally accomplished. I think uh, Hatch goes quiet for a while, just kind of laying back, staring at the stars. Then leans forward, looking very serious. This dragon done yet? Because I am extremely hungry. Oh yes, uh, I'm very sorry. We I got distracted by this whole wonderful conversation. Uh, let me let me portion some out for y'all. Underneath the stars and the trees, seem to reach their arms all the way up high. Four cowboys hold hold their own, eating dragon dragon stew. Dragon chili. I call it dragon stew, dragon chili. There's beans in it, so it's technically... They got into an argument about the, you know, ramifications of chili. Anyway, it was a nice evening. In a quiet little corner of the City of Dreams, we find ourselves at a quaint little cottage. Not too remarkable, other than the bone white and blood red vines... Uh, growing haphazardly along the walls, and a handful of black flowers growing in the garden, amongst more typical ones. It's quiet now, save for the sound of a lone engine as a solitary figure on a motorcycle pulls into the driveway next to the bizarrely suburban garage bolted onto the side of the cottage. Uh, We see Holly Wilson bring her bike to a stop, take off her helmet, and head inside. Hey, Jenny, I'm back. Oh, hey, how is the garage? Oh, it's fine. There's not that many cars to work on, but, you know. With this many different worlds all colliding up, there must be some interesting things to work on. I mean, yeah, here and there, there'll be some kind of weird old car that, like, hasn't been serviced in the last, like, 75 years, and you have to go find the parts for it, but it's not that... (sighs) Those don't come along often enough. Hmm, we're gonna have to find a way to get the word out. Get you some more unique customers. Yeah, I wish. I mean, there was that guy with, like, the weird space motorcycle, but I haven't seen him in months. I mean, I'd assume he's in space. Yeah, you know what? That makes sense. That's probably why I haven't seen him. She, like, walks in and goes immediately to the sink because she's not allowed to go touch anything else before she washes herself off. Oh, uh, if you're coming in, can you grab that basket of uh, veggies by the door? Okay, which do you want me to do first, hands or the veggies? Oh, yeah, right. Um, Yeah, I'll wash up first. <laughs> Every day, Jenny is like, why doesn't she wash up before she leaves the fucking garage? <laughs> it's not the same. If I touch the motorcycle, it's just going to get dirty again. Look. Um, yeah, I think she washes up and then goes and grabs the basket and brings it inside. Uh, and is like, did Chili bring these? Yeah, uh, some stuff from the garden. Um, she said she couldn't make it to dinner tonight, but she wanted to, you know, provide something even though she wasn't going to be here. Well, that's sweet. I mean, I guess I'm glad that we at least have that. Did she say why she wasn't coming by? Ah, uh, she didn't. She mentioned something about some other people being in town, which, you know, she doesn't really live in a town, so I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but... I bet it's a fox thing. Oh, you know, it probably is a fox thing. Have you heard from everybody else? Who's who's coming by? Uh, well, I assume the other jawbreakers are coming, unless 
I mean, I haven't heard anything from them saying they aren't, and they're pretty much always here otherwise. I have no idea who Ruby's bringing, and nobody. I've been trying to surreptitiously ask around, and nobody seems to know, so that could be awkward. I don't know. Oh, God. Do you think... It can't be another Cecilia, right? Uh, that, there can't be that many of them out there. But there have to be, right? Yeah, but what are the odds that she'd be able to find more? I just don't understand why... I mean, I know they're not just all paired off, but it really feels like they should all be paired off. (laughs) There is an infinite number of universes worth of realities out there. You'd you'd think just by the law of averages or something, we would have more unique spread of people. I don't understand why these same patterns keep occurring over and over. Yeah. I mean, I guess the idea of a soulmate's kind of silly, but... It seems like it keeps working out. Yeah, I guess we do have some pretty solid evidence on that front, huh? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. I guess I kind of like that idea. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, And then I think she finally, like, comes around and uh, gives Jenny a hug and is like, so what have you been doing? Oh, boy. Other than this, and she points to a frankly ridiculous amount of different dishes for the small gathering that they're expecting. <laughs> oh, you know, the usual. Did some reading out back. Um, You know, did some cleaning. Did the laundry. How, how did you do all of this while I was gone? I, I don't know. It turns out I like to cook. Yeah, jeez. Okay, well. I've been looking up recipes. There are so many recipes on GabeNet. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, <laughs> you have universes worth now. And working with chili in the uh, garden is, I don't know, just I guess it really gets me excited about trying new things. There's always someone starting up something that I've never seen before. And I mean, you know, chili always, you know, charges at least one plant for herself. And she usually lets me check them out, too. So, like... I mean, look at this, and she holds up a um, pepper that is completely black on the outside. It's not, um, you know, like rotten or anything. It looks like a solid pepper. It's just pitch black. And she cracks it open, and what look a liquid that looks like blood starts dripping out of it. What the fuck? Isn't this the most goth thing you've ever seen? Are, am I supposed to eat that? She, uh, she wipes up a little of the blood and uh, holds out a finger for Holly to taste. Oh, I don't know. That looks kind of gross. Uh, she's just she's just nodding like, try it. <laughs> Get it like inching closer. Yup. And she's like, oh, fine, fine. She like dips her finger in and then um, tries it. And it's like, okay, that's pretty good. Right? It, I mean, you'd, you'd expect it looks like blood. You'd expect it to taste like metallic or something, but it's not. It's like this weird, sweet, spicy blend that I've, frankly, I've never seen before like it's who made this i he refused to give anything that sounded like a real name i think he might have been one of the henry draculas oh but like he seemed chill like he seemed like he was trying to just be a normal guy but does that mean that this is actual like blood or blood substitute no i don't think so i don't know i guess maybe but i okay well Either way, I mean, I'm I'm glad you're doing stuff you like. 
Yeah, me too. It's been, I don't know, it's been really energizing. Yeah, I can imagine. You were, uh, struggling for a bit there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know how it is when you're, uh, don't really have a lot of options in front of you, and mostly you're just uh, chasing after this girl you kind of like. Yeah, you really did join organized crime for me. That's so sweet. <laughs> I'd do it again in a heartbeat, babe. God, you're so stupid. And then she kisses her. <laughs> Alexis, where do we find you right now? Alexis is smoking in front of her new van. She's really tricked up, souped up. It's like a cool cyberpunk van from the game Cyberpunk 2077. Um, and she's she's like looking out onto the city of dreams from like some sort of cliff face near the edge of this, near the subjective perception of an edge of the city. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. You've driven to a very remote part of the city of dreams to find a version of reality in which Cyberpunk 2077 was a good video game. Uh, <laughs> it took some took some hunting. Um, and yeah, from here, I do think you managed to find, uh, yeah, sort of um, I think you drive your van out to the edge of a cliff. And I think she had uh, previously talked about meeting uh, Harvey here. Yeah, I think he's probably a bit late. Uh, eventually, he shows up on a skateboard, trying really hard to pull off an ollie. He is not... He's not good at it. It is... Have you ever been outside of high school where there's skateboarding teens, and it's just clack, 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 clack? Uh-huh. Muffled curse, clack, clack. It's like that, and it takes him about five minutes just to get the last block out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm imagining this is, uh, you know, sort of a deserty environment. I'm imagining basically the edge of the Grand Canyon. There's nothing else around, so Alexis, you can just watch Harvey awkwardly approach on this skateboard for a long time. <laughs> you get through multiple cigarettes before he finally gets up to you. Listen, I know it looks bad. I think I've almost got it. All right. Are, are you done, Harvey? Yeah, no, uh, I'm done. I, I, think, I think he finally dismounts. He just grabs the skateboard with one hand. Hey, you got uh, an extra one I could bump? Yeah, of course. I think he takes a cigarette, lights it up, thinks a moment before taking a drag. He does, and he's like, You know, uh, Jack Stern told me I probably shouldn't smoke because, you know, fuck up my lungs, uh... I'd get the jitters or some shit, but uh, I don't think I technically need to breathe anymore, so whatever, you know? Oh, don't worry. I got these from a guy who invented cigarettes that don't give you lung cancer. And also, they burn in a special way that makes it so that the smoke looks really cool. <laughs> we really are living in a brave new future, huh? We... I, I guess we did it. We pulled it off against all odds. It was looking pretty dicey for a while there, for both of us. Yeah. I don't want to think too much about that, I'm gonna be honest. Well, that's the thing, is I kind of have been thinking a lot about it. That both of us got to a point where people might have had good reason to think that we were gone forever. 
we weren't going to come back. Yeah. But then some people believed in us and were able to bring us back. They, they believe that we deserved it. And then she reaches into her jacket, pulls out a phone, and brings up a photo of Henry Vladimir Dracula from the college days. His old uh, MySpace profile photo. Oh shit, I remember that. God, who, th- who threw that fucking party? Yeah, you do have his memories, don't you? Uh, most of them at least. It's still kind of something I'm getting used to, I guess. Being like five different people? Yeah, it's, uh... I mean, listen, hey, everybody's got all sorts of shit going on these days, so... At least I got people I can relate to about it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I had about 14 billion years of watching everything in every universe. Okay, you know, it's not a contest, Lore. Yeah, honestly, it's pretty amazing how quick that fades. It's like when you've watched every episode of a soap opera, it all kind of blurs together. But my point is, it got me thinking, do you think Henry deserves another chance? I don't necessarily know if it's about deserving anything, but... uh... I know that I've gotten my share of second chances, and I like to think that I turned out alright for it, and that uh, the world would be in a worse place if I hadn't, so I think it would only be fair if we extended him the same courtesy, I guess. Plus, you know, what chance did he ever really have being raised by fucking uh, Aura, Porphyra, and Viridian, you know? If we brought him back now maybe you could be his guidance you know kind of like a like a big brother or something I wouldn't mind that I remember I first thought about bringing him back when we were approaching the heart of glass and I I I put my idol on put a hold on this and even at the time I could tell it wasn't quite right I just wanted something that could... I just wanted a master there to hold back Teoth, just in case. But I have a feeling that if... If I try to bring him back now... Either he's not going to be quite the same... Or it's going to take something from me. I mean... Is that a risk you're willing to take? I think so. I think I... If we can bring back Henry... And he can be a good guy this time. I think that's worth it. Then I'm ready when you are. Uh, yeah, I guess Alexis will pop her delayed reaction on this photo. Okay, um, yeah, I think, Alexis, the phone begins to bend and morph in your hands, and the image of Henry Dracula begins to push out from the screen but it's struggling maybe it's because something didn't go quite right when you first applied it or maybe it's just because this has been sitting for eons but 
it seems like, just like you said, it is struggling to come out just right. Um, Alexis, I will let you make the decision here. Either Henry will be created without his vampirism, or you can give him his vampirism, make him exactly like he was, but it will be the end of vivid dreams turned to fantasies. Oh, wow. What a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about this one. <laughs> Oof. I mean, he is a vampire. That is just what he is. Taking that away seems wrong. Yeah, but giving up a part of yourself, a fundamental expression of your soul, I mean, I guess you could always learn to manifest a new one, see what comes out this time. Do you feel like your vampirism is important to you, Harvey? I mean, it's weird to think about, because for most of my life, I was just a human, but I feel like it does change you and not necessarily for the worse. It's something that allows you to live life to a greater extent and without worrying all the time about your health and what people around you will think. I, th I think it's easy to think of yourself as more than other people because of it, but I don't think you have to, you know what I mean? I think it can just be something that makes you different, and I guess I, I guess it is a part of me at this point. And if you could get it taken away from you, would you? No, I wouldn't. Okay, then um, Alexis is gonna pick up Vivid... Vivid memories turn to fantasies and hold it in front of her like a long cat and give it a little kiss on the nose and tell her, thank you for hiding in my jacket for 14 billion years. But there's someone who needs you more than me right now. And um, she will give up vivid memories turn to fantasies to bring back Henry. Yeah, I think um, you'd sort of set the phone on the ground and it's still just sort of twisting and struggling to form and uh, Vivi, in your hands, uh, sort of turns blacker and uh, seems to get lighter uh, in your grip as its form swirls and spirals out between your fingers and sort of circles the phone before sinking into it and uh, the a shirtless college-aged Henry Dracula just kind of unceremoniously plumps onto the uh, dusty ground. Uh, just kind of... <coughs> oh! Uh... What the fuck? Uh, what, who are you? Uh, he says as he kind of is turning around and looking up at the two of you. Uh, I think Harvey just points at him and says, I am you from the future. Uh, what? I, I feel like that was a pretty unambiguous statement, my man. I I was just at a party. Where am I? Well, that's going to be a bit of a long story. All right, well, then I don't really care. Can I go? Can I go back? Uh, you can't ever go back, man. That's the past now. What All the fuck? What are you talking you about? 
Okay. All right. So back when you were in college, you went to a campus where there was something called the estate. It was part of the metaphysical underpinnings of all reality known as the undertow. I think as soon as he hears you say the word estate, uh, uh, hot-blooded flashes behind him and moves to attack you. Okay. Hey, no, none of that. Please. I think the three of you hear a gun cock. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, hang on. Luke, I am going to attempt to de-manifest hot-blooded. Okay, give me a beat the odds plus biz. All right, that's my best stat. Uh, okay, I rolled a 13, so I think hot-blooded just just kind of zoinks out. Yeah, I think uh, Henry's just sort of bare hand grabs your neck, and he just sort of is surprised and confused when he sees that it is not connected to his Eidolon's hand, and then his attention is drawn to the cocking gun. Hey, Hank. How's it going? Uh, wait. Ron? (laughs) Oh, yep. In the flesh. Man, you look like shit. Yeah. You look like a dead man. Okay, Ron, buddy, let's not... Take, let's not do things we can't take back, huh? Why were the two of you bringing him back? Ron, let's just, uh, let's, let's take a breath, okay? Wait, hold on. Bring me back. Did I die? I uh... dedicated my entire existence to being rid of him. I mean, Ron, I don't want to put too fine a point of it. If, if you're going to kill him because you want to be rid of Henry Dracula, you kind of got to kill me, too. You know, legally I am him. Or was. I guess there's a new legal framework now, probably. I mean, I was letting that slide because we have some mutual friends, but, I mean, you do have a point. Okay, wait, wait, can can someone just calm the fuck down and explain what's going on to me, please? You betrayed all your friends, which led directly to the world ending. You became president for a while, but then I killed you because you were trying to kill me. I absorbed your essence, became a vampire, so when the world did end, and then when it was recreated by a bunch of demons, we got merged and split and, like, smoothied up. Uh, We became two different people, then we got merged again. Uh, So now I'm five people? Right, because Count Dracula's also in there. Okay, like half of that I already knew, and the other half I did not follow at all. The point is that's Ron. He's really fucking mad at you. You're on thin ice. I advise you play it safe. Hold on. What are you mad at me for, Ron? (sighs) Hank, you took over the universe. Yeah, but I mean that that all kind of worked out, right? No, no, it didn't. It super I mean, didn't. I got to be president. You got. You were the in charge of the estate, right? They kicked me out by putting you in charge. I thought I was a prisoner, Hank. What do you mean prisoner? I thought you were the master. There was no one else in the estate. I couldn't leave because the universe would collapse. Okay, so and- change the estate so there's people there. That was not an option. Oh, okay. You're really not making a good case for me not shooting you. I Look, it just seems like you're real mad about... I don't know. Look. Henry, Henry, can can I say something for a second? Yeah, what? Well, first, could you let go of my throat? Because, like, again, I don't need to breathe, but it's kind of starting to chafe a little bit. Yeah, fine. Okay. And second, sometimes... Our actions have consequences that we don't necessarily intend, or that maybe we think they're just not that important in the grand scheme of things. 
but we still gotta face those consequences at the end of the day, man. <laughs> and right now, uh, you need to face the fact that one of your closest friends, all of your closest friends, actually, uh, think you're a tremendous scumbag, and I don't know if that bridge is ever gonna get unburned, but at the very least, I think you should probably be groveling right now. Look, okay, did I lie a little bit sometimes? Every time you opened your mouth, Hank. Okay, alright, but, I mean, look... Look at all the good we ended up doing. All the the other masters of the estate we took care of. You know, and I... I mean, I was just getting... (laughs) I have not been inaugurated yet, although maybe I have. I guess there's some time shit happening. But I had a lot of great ideas that was going to make, you know, the the America, the world, a much better place. And I'll bet that all worked out pretty great. Uh, Did I get the lava mode set up? No, people... People pretty much only liked it because you were mind-controlling them, Hank. But th- did I get the lava moat set up? You died because I tackled you into the lava moat, Hank. Damn, that is a badass way to go, though. Oh, right? No, it fucking ruled. Yeah. But okay, see? Look. Before me, no lava moat. After me, lava moat. Just seems like... You know. You know! I, I just don't think the lava moat would have been necessary if you hadn't been a huge dick. I mean, I don't know if a lava moat's ever necessary, but come on. Hank, you turned the entire world into a monument to your ego. I just made the world cooler. You made it cooler for Henry Dracula. I made it objectively cooler. I think Ron fires. (laughs) You shoot Henry in, like, the shoulder, and he collapses to the ground in pain. Just, oh, God! Ah. Okay, listen, Ron. You got him. You got him. Let's 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 put the gun down for a sec. Absolutely not. I understand. You need to kick his ass a little bit. He kind of needs it, but you got him. Okay. Uh, I think Henry looks up at you, Harvey, and says, "I don't know what the fuck you did, but I need to defend myself here, man. Give me my eidolon back." Uh, that's our eidolon for one thing. Uh, and who the fuck are you? Again, if you would fucking listen. I'm you from the future. Maybe I would listen better if A, you talked, you know, at a normal speed, and B, this guy didn't have a fucking gun in my face. He's two halves you. Okay, let me, let me see if I can phrase this in a different way, and Harvey's gonna crouch down and kind of, like, condescendingly grab him by the face. Your name is Henry Vladimir Dracula. Your parents were Porphyra, Aura, and Viridian. When you were five... You rode your bike into a fucking ditch. Uh, you got a skinned knee. You cried all night long because uh, you couldn't handle the back teen. And your moms argued about whether you actually needed it because you were the undead or whatever. You didn't really understand any of the any of that at the time. It made a lot more sense in retrospect. Uh, let's see. Your favorite show growing up was Power Rangers. Uh, one time you took a family trip to Niagara Falls. And even after... Years and years of mounting cynicism, the sight of them always uh, made you well up a little bit. Okay, okay, all right, I get it. What? So why aren't you gonna, are you just gonna let him kill me? I'm not gonna let him kill you, but I might let him rough you up a bit if you keep being a dick. He shot me! How, what, in what world is that roughing me up a little bit? Well, maybe you're being a lot of a dick. I think he uh, looks back towards you, Ron, just kind of like, 
pensively, like, waiting to see what you're going to do. Henry, do you have any idea how many people died because of you? Uh, I mean, you know, how, 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 what, uh, what? I think, like, uh, eight billion followed by uncountable trillions. What, eight billion? What are you doing? I didn't kill everybody on Earth. No, but you did set events into motion which led to everybody on Earth dying, and the thing is that, at the end of the day, that's kind of the same thing. I... That's kind of the thing, Henry. You you wanted total control of the universe, and so you get responsibility for what happens to it. And the whole thing fucking turned to ash. But I didn't... I... That's nothing I would do. I don't... That doesn't seem like it's my fault. If, if somebody else did something fucking stupid, what, I'm, I'm responsible for every decision everybody ever makes now? Is that what you're trying well, you to tell me? You make yourself king of reality, yes! I made myself president. That's not the same thing. No, you did make yourself king of reality. You took control of the underpinnings of existence, and now that somebody's calling you out on it, oh, you're uh, trying to wriggle away. No, you know what? Yeah, I did do that, but guess what? Then I got kicked out, and this guy... He's the one that got put in charge, so if, if if whoever's in charge of the universe is responsible for all that, then that's his fault, not mine. Ron shoots him again. Ah! How fucking dare you? I did not ask for that. You put me in that chair. Okay, but you had it anyway. What'd you do, just sit and mope while all this shit happened? I didn't want to break anything worse than you already had. Oh, you didn't want to break it worse. So what? You, you you just let it stay broken? If it was so fucking bad, why didn't you do anything about it? I had no options. I was stuck. There were no staff in the in the fucking estate anymore. I didn't have anybody left. Jesus Christ! You you need a butler to help you fix a problem now? I couldn't leave the estate. You didn't need to leave the estate. You could have. I mean, fuck, if I'm- if you hate me so fucking bad, why don't you just find a room where I was being born and shoot me there? Oh, but no, you were too worried about breaking stuff worse. Okay, yeah, and that means it's all my fault. Yeah, Henry, it does. I know you're convinced that nothing can ever be your fault, but it does. Seems to me like you had the exact same chances to fix shit that I did and you didn't take them. And now you're mad about that, so you're taking it out on me. You know? You know what, Henry? Just just for the sake of argument, let's say you're right. Let's say I'm just being petty, I'm just being grouchy, I'm way overreacting to everything you did, and it should all just be a water under the bridge. I'm still not hearing an argument for why I shouldn't kill you right now. Ron, I gave up my Eidolon so he could come back. So I want you to listen to him at least a little longer for me. Okay. All right. For her sake, Henry, make your fucking case. I believed in you, Henry. I've seen a lot of versions of you, and I know you don't have to be like this. You can choose any life you want, and it doesn't have to be one that's all about you and all about you dominating the universe. Don't... 
I just don't want to die. And I don't want to die because this guy is still has a grudge against me. I mean, I died once already. Isn't that good enough? I... I didn't want to fucking hurt you, Ron. I didn't want to hurt Quentin or... Or Caroline or Ursula. I... Look. I just needed things to go a certain way and I I I did my best to keep all of you safe while I was doing it but you left us to be erased Ron let him finish I I was playing with the cards I got dealt okay that's not what the plan was I didn't I don't know man I can't fucking convince you I don't know how long you've been like this. I... You're gonna do what you're gonna do. And... Apparently, he says as he looks up at Harvey, uh, you're uh, gonna let him. I, I, you, you think I can fucking convince him not to hurt me? Fucking whatever. Just do it. Dude. Can you just, like, tell him sorry? Like, I, I, th- I really thought you were going there for a second. Like, I, I thought that you had finally, like, figured out how to handle this like an adult. In fairness, you're, like, 18. You're still figuring a lot of shit out. But, like, I feel like this one's kind of a layup, man. You hurt your friend. Like, apologize. I don't... I know you didn't mean to. I know you didn't have full understanding of the situation at the time. And that's why you say sorry and try not to do it again, you know? All right, yeah. Fine. He looks at you run. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is that is that what you wanted? Is that going to get you to put the gun down? I think... Ron kind of moves like he's going to fire again, and then he looks at Harvey, and he looks at Alexis, and uh, he just sighs, and he puts feel-good ink away, and he just says, All right. But you two are responsible for him. And... If he steps out of line, I can't promise what I'll do. Thank you. And he walks away. That was a hell of an afternoon, huh? It's a big city. They don't have to live near each other. Uh, Henry uh, uses his vampire healing factor to push the bullets back out of himself and gets up and dusts himself off. Man, what an asshole. He used to be way cooler. Henry, come on. What? I apologized. (sighs) All right. You're really going to let him kill you, Henry? You'd rather have that happen than to say sorry to him? I mean, if I was in his shoes, (laughs) sorry wouldn't have been enough for me. I mean, is there anyone you'd like to say sorry to you? Uh, I... Um, I, I don't know who you are. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Uh, and he just kind of starts walking off. It'll come around. I'll make sure of it. Uh, and Harvey starts skating after him. We find ourselves back at the Neutral Milk Hotel, uh, few months have passed since the last time we saw it, 
And uh, Quentin, your uh, weekly card game night has been a real hit. The place is jam-packed, and uh, King is just sort of in the corner hissing at all the fucking nerds playing <laughs> card games. I'm so excited! This has been working really well. I ah. feel like this room is about 40% Quentin's by volume. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's great. The spirit of competition. I I just have a lot of impulse to be clever and outsmart people. And maybe I just focus on card games. Uh, <laughs> instead of uh, defrauding public institutions. I think Josh kind of sidles up to you at some point, Quentin. He's... You know, the day that all the shit went down, we had a card game little session in here, but we played, like, poker. I cannot, for the life of me, follow how this fucking game works, man. Okay, well, first off, you have your mana tokens. These mana, that's what you use to, like... Uh, you've already lost me. <laughs> um, but anyway, since I got you here, um, do you mind, do you mind if I ask you something? Uh, yeah, man, shoot. What's up? Have you ever found out that you're, like, really good at something, but you're, like, you know that, like, your parental figures are going to be like, mm, that's a bad, that's a dangerous thing to do. Well, my parental figure was a room full of blinding white light, so not really, no. Okay. Here's the thing, Josh, like... Over the course of our adventures, like, one this one time, we went to, like, a Mad Max Paris world, and I was in a mech with my friends, and we were kicking ass, and it turns out I'm really good at piloting mechs. Huh. However, they are engines of war, as well as Wolf really fucking hates them, and I've, I don't know, I... I've gone to a school, and, like, he was friends with my dad, and, like, there's, like, a feel a legacy I gotta live up to. Alright, alright, okay, listen. He puts a hand on your shoulder. Ethel Wilson, old buddy of mine. Fuck that guy. Josh! (laughs) No, listen. I love him, but also he can eat shit and die. (laughs) Damn, what what did he do? We don't need to get into it. Listen, again, would take a bullet for him, just... Sometimes he needs to get the fuck off his high horse, is all I'm saying. You know what? Thanks, man. Thank you. I I think I'm gonna keep doing it. I think I'm gonna keep being a mech pilot for a little bit to, like, see how it feels. Um, do, do, you, do you hug? Can we hug? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> he he kind of brings you in for... It's a little awkward, but, you know, he, he gets you in a hug. Thanks. Thank you. He, like, rips off his shirt and he's got a plug Evangelion uh, <laughs> under under it. He's like, alright, I gotta go. Uh, we gotta do the thing. Uh, you can handle the rest of the car. You're gonna be, like, a robot pilot. What do you got, like... I mean, I'm not judging, but you look, like, more like you're going to a club. Like, a very specific kind of club. Listen, the thing with sync rates when it comes to robots, you gotta, like, be... It's, it's very... It's, it's a mindset thing as much as... Man, I already told you I don't understand this card game. I don't know why you're trying to bring us back around to the rules. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, by the card game, I kind of have a mech appointment at the same time right now, so if you could, like, uh, officiate this for the rest of the night, I gotta go. Bye. Uh, oh... All right! <laughs> I think Josh kind of just turns back to the tables full of people playing this game, and he's just like... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he just throws his arms up.
Valerie Masters hung around the Neutral Milk Hotel for a while, helping out with the logistical concerns of developing the City of Dreams. She found that, with the right team, her newly discovered knack for running a successful care facility actually scaled pretty favorably to creating a compassionate neighborhood. However, after a while, she found herself getting somewhat homesick, feeling like she was a better fit for her small corner of the universe. She eventually returned to the world that Virginia had created, and resumed running her animal shelter, while also trying to build herself the life that she'd never previously thought she'd be able to have. Along with Kit, Howie, and a crew of volunteers, both from within and without her world, including a number of other sentient animals, she was able to grow the shelter to accommodate a much larger variety of animals in need. And eventually, this would also evolve into a self-sustaining community of beasts. But before all that, for her personal life, well, with the shelter running as smoothly as it was, she was finally able to pursue some of her other interests, chief among them, skating. Which is how she found herself at the roller rink shortly after derby practice, face-to-face with a woman she recognized in more ways than she'd previously realized. Oh, hey. If you're coming for tryouts, I'm afraid you just missed them. Oh, uh, no, I was just planning on doing a bit of skating on my own. Ah, that's a shame. I've seen you skate. You'd be a good fit for the team. Really? I I don't know about that. It looks like it gets really intense. Hey, don't sell yourself short. You're a tougher skater than you might think. Besides, you don't got to worry about getting hit too hard. That's what us blockers are for. You'll be in good hands. Valerie, despite herself, blushes. Well, uh, I did resolve recently to try new things, I guess. Um, yeah, I'll think about it. Hey, feel free to come by any of our practices if you want to audition. Just tell them Fleetwood Smack sent ya. Thanks. Uh, you can call me Valerie. And we're gonna fade out there. What happens from there on out is just her story. As for that City of Beasts I mentioned... Um, after, after some time, the various other sentient animals and animal-like beings, shades and otherwise, that composed the City of Dreams started to feel like maybe they wanted to set up a place just for themselves. And with a lot of work and, you know, a lot of help from Valerie and a bunch of other interested volunteers, they were able to construct a city all their own, made by and for animals. Howie ran a successful mayoral campaign, and Kit set up shop as the friendly neighborhood mechanic, working on a variety of, frankly, fascinating machines and vehicles made specifically for animals. The city eventually became well-known for its contribution to the arts, culinary sciences, and so much more. Time passes for Virginia as she watches her friends come and go, telling her about all the adventures they've gone on and how they've seen things they'd never thought they would. But for Virginia herself, there's not much in the way of traveling. She takes care of herself at home, of course, and every week she makes sure to stop by the Neutral Milk Hotel to check in on her uncle and make sure he hasn't done anything quite as ridiculous as replicating a jacuzzi. For now, all she wants is to live a quiet life while she finally has a chance to process everything that's happened. But there's one person who continues to stop into Pulse. It almost seemed like a coincidence at first. Oh, Virginia. 
It wasn't like Virginia hadn't been thinking about lore since the founding of the City of Dreams. Honestly, she'd caught her eye back when they were at the estate, though they didn't have much of a chance to talk. That first time she came back through town, Virginia thought she was seeing things, but no, there was that girl with the pretty blue hair walking around town with a black hat on her shoulder. Alexis, is that you? I, uh, I didn't know that you were here. Um, I'm just kind of passing through, actually. Sorry about the whole Teoth thing. Oh, jeez. It's, it's okay. We were both in a bad place. I, I know you didn't mean it. Yeah, um, I actually don't have a ton of time right now. I've been all over lately, and I, I kind of have to get going. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it was good to see you. Um, I wouldn't want you to be late for whatever adventure you're on. A few weeks later, there was a similar run-in, and again the next month. One day, not too much later, Harvey pulled Virginia aside to tell her about something that had just happened. Alexis bringing back Henry Dracula using a photo she had taken uh, before the world ended. He told her that Alexis had given up her Eidolon to bring him back, and that the two of them had hoped that Henry would learn to be a better person, and somehow Ron didn't end up killing him on sight. After realizing that uh, Harvey had left Alexis alone up on that hill, Virginia left quickly, going to find her. Fortunately, she hadn't gone too far from where they were, to a cliff overlooking most of Pulse. She was just sitting, kicking her feet over a ledge. Her van was parked close by, though it did seem a lot different from how it had been described to her before. Alexis, hey, Harvey just told me what happened. Are you okay? You gave up your Eidolon for Henry? <laughs> I guess I should have expected he'd tell you right away. <laughs> yeah, he's never been one to keep a secret. And I'm glad he said something. And she sits down next to her. But you didn't answer me. Why would you give up your Eidolon for him? He wasn't ever anything but trouble for us. Well, the way I see it, I was also nothing but trouble for a really long time. You know that. You remember what I did. Virginia turns a bit red. Yeah, see? But here we are. Alexis, yeah, I remember. But you made it to the other side of that, and... Was it really your fault that she did that to you, Teoth? Well, I didn't... Certainly didn't try and fight her. Um, I wanted to get to know her. I wanted to know what she was, why she was doing what she was doing. I think I'm more at fault than you might hope, Virginia. I guess I understand, but... Do you want to go get lunch or something? We can talk about it there rather than here. Sure, I'd like that. So they leave that cliff and they head to a diner that's not quite Lou's diner, but close enough. Not that Virginia would know that. Alexis looks up from her garbage plates and, for the first time since the world ended, sees Virginia without her wings or halo. She starts looking serious and says, I have to believe that anybody can choose to change, to become their best self, 
Maybe they choose not to, but if they're not even given the opportunity to be better, they never will. That's what our whole victory rested on, right? A Teoth that's locked away only gets worse. But we chose to look at her, and now she lives in the city too. Why not, Henry? If I deny that opportunity to anybody else, then I'm basically denying it to myself. I understand, but... You almost literally sold your soul to help him now. Are you not denying it to yourself still anyway? I'm not saying to not help him, but that's such a high cost. You can't repeat that kind of thing, you know? Well, it's what he needed right then and right there. I had already kept a hold on that photo for 14 billion years. He didn't deserve to wait any longer. We live in the city of dreams now, and I'm not the type to save all my potions for the final boss. Alexis, it's not just items in a game. It's a fragment of you. I just don't want to see you fall apart while you're helping people. Who's going to help Alexis when she's in trouble? Uh, I admit, I could probably use a break. Uh, she reaches over to her shoulder and realizes that there's nothing there. Harvey said, maybe I'll grow a new Eidolon in time. Even Needlemouse did it. So, I guess right now, my main trouble is... I need a place to stay. Maybe you can help me out, since I'm in trouble? <laughs> of course. As long as you need, we have space for you. I know you can get a new idol on. Um, I live with Christina, Chili, and Harvey now, but we have a guest room. Uh, would that be okay? Well, Henry's probably taking the guest room for now, right? If I can just park nearby, I can sleep in the van. I oh, oh god, I didn't realize Henry would be staying with us. That's weird. But yeah, yeah, of course, there's a lot you can park at, and I'm sure we can find a way to, to plug in your van. And she reaches for Lore's arm and says, and I'll come sit with you whenever you need. Yeah, I think he's technically your little brother now, so you might have to get used to having him around sometimes. And, uh, yes, if he gets too annoying and you need a break, I'd like it if you sat with me. After that, uh, Virginia and Alexis begin to grow closer and closer. They have long conversations that last all night in the van about the adventures that they had, the things that Alexis saw from the sky for 14 billion years, things that she was having trouble remembering and could only see little fragments of it in her head. One day, she woke up in the van and saw a raven there, a new Eidolon named Forget-Me-Nots. Alexis took this as a sign that it was time for her to leave again. Now she could perfectly remember things that were hazy before, and she knew that there were people who needed her help. But every once in a while, she would still stop by Pulse and visit Virginia, telling her all about them at lunch at the diner. Eventually, one night, they sat on that same cliff 
overlooking the city at night, holding hands under the stars. Alexis was getting ready to call the night and leave, but then... Do you really have to keep going? You know I don't want to stay in one place for too long. I need to help people, to take care of them, I guess. <sighs> okay, but... What about what I asked you before? Who's taking care of Lore? If you wanted to, you could come with me. I never forget these times that we have. The bird makes sure of it. I want to always have vivid memories of you. <laughs> Alexis. It sounds like a really good time, but... My family is here, and... I can't make them worry about me again. I told myself I wouldn't get into any trouble, at, at least for a while, just to get my head on straight. And you're too sweet for your own good, you know that? I don't even know how you ended up in the clouds, but I'm glad you're back down here now. Well, when you're ready for a little trouble, I'll always have a seat for you. That's a bold thing to say. Can't even imagine the trouble that hanging around the youngest angel will get you into. Virginia, I've always been the bad girl who's looking for trouble. Which is why I think you should stick around for a while, she says, squeezing her hand. Alexis moves her fingers in between Virginia's and moves her face closer. Are you saying we could get into some trouble right here? Virginia also leans in, smiling. It's... Las Vegas, Alexis. Or, I guess, Pulse's version of Las Vegas. Of course we could get into some trouble. Alexis moves her lips closer. Alright, you've almost convinced me. Just one more thing, though. Maybe I can taste a sample of that trouble. She looks into Alexis's eyes, and her own are still changing colors, and says, Oh, now you're coy about it before wrapping her arms around Alexis's neck and pulling her into a kiss. And then she breaks away and says, Look, just keep in mind that it's not going to be nearly as much trouble as last time we did this. You know that, right? That was a vivid memory. You are my fantasy. After the dust settled, Ursula, or whatever combination of similar names you want to call her at this point. Um, she decided to take Lady Luck's advice and spend some time on her own. She just sort of picked a direction and started moving in it. And before too long, she found herself pretty far afield of her friends, um, the people that she used to think of as friends. Uh, used to think of as partners, people that she felt like, at least for right now, she really couldn't or didn't want to see anymore. She needed to spend some time on her own first. Um, before too long, she got back into drumming uh, for the first time since uh, before the first time she got erased from existence or killed, or absorbed. Ursula's been through a lot. <laughs> but, um... She's a pretty good drummer. And it didn't take long before she found a regular gig playing at a small bar. 
Hey, drummer girl. Oh, hey, bartender girl. Lily, right? Uh, you know you can just call me Ursula or Ursa? Drummer girl is so much more fun and evocative. Anyways, you and your band have been playing for almost a year and you've said less than 20 words to me. That's not true. I, um, I say hi, and how are you, and have a nice night. <laughs> Riveting. But don't think I haven't noticed how you look at me from the stage. Pretty intense. Even if you are wearing those cute little bear ears while you play. What's up with that, by the way? It's an aesthetic choice and a long story. Well, how about you tell me tonight, after my shift, over tacos? Our... Are you asking me out? Someone has to. I've been waiting for you to gather your courage, but a girl can only hold out so much. Uh, yeah, that that sounds nice, Lily. I'm sorry, I mean, bartender girl. <laughs> Shut up, drummer girl. I'll see you later. Lady Luck, things have been going, um, okay for you. I mean, it hasn't been easy. Um, you didn't have much time before to really process everything you learned in Michael Valentine's house, and having the space to actually sort through all those emotions, well, it was pretty rough there for a little while. You're dealing with it better now, but... You're definitely taking it one day at a time. You've gone back and forth on which name you prefer, but for the time being, you've settled on Lady Luck. You're, um... You're not so sure that Holly Wilson is really a name that describes the entity that you are these days. Um, the other members of your support group have kind of broken about 50-50 on whether to take their old names back. Um, oh yeah! Uh, you're part of a support group. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah... Uh, Strix revived all those dead universes, and with them, he revived all those gods and Teoths. You've, uh, you gotta admit, you're used to thinking of yourself as the second oldest being in all of existence. So, it's sort of bizarre having all the other gods treat you like the baby of the group. I'll be honest, uh, the whole thing... They, like, their universes were over at that point, so it doesn't mean that they're that much older anyway... We all experienced yeah. approximately the same amount of time. Right, right. It's really kind of bullshit. Whatever. Um, the meetings kind of suck. They're long and they're boring and they're scheduled at just the worst times. And oh, there's this god that's a reincarnation of Chili called Lady Gossip. And oh, she is just the worst. She wants you to pet her, too. Yeah. That didn't stop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's a reason you keep going to him. It's it's helping. Having other people that can fully relate to you isn't something you're used to, and you have to admit it's it's kind of nice. No, I don't. And and then there's Teoff. She didn't just stop being a nihilistic death goddess obsessed with ending the world just because everyone beat the shit out of her. I mean, don't get me wrong, she's not an active threat these days, but she's mostly just withdrawn. You're the only one she'll talk to, and 
For a while, even you couldn't get more than a handful of words out of her. The support group encouraged you to just keep working with her, that she'd come around eventually. Most of their Teoths were too far gone, but they seem to see something different in yours. Maybe because she's only been like this for a dozen billion years or so. Lord Noise and Lady Lightning, that's a former Quentin and Christina, uh, they, they've been especially encouraging. Um... Some folks have tried to push you into asking for advice from Lady Death, who used to be a Jenny herself, but... Ah, it's just not something you can handle right now. Or maybe ever. Probably never. Yeah. Still, she actually has been getting better, or she was, at least. For a while there, she was slowly starting to open up to you more. She'd talk with you longer. Um, granted, by talks, I mostly mean the same nihilistic supervillain soliloquizing she usually does, but, you know, progress is progress. She seemed to anticipate your company when you'd visit. But lately, it seems like she's backsliding. She's clamming up again. She stopped talking to you when you visited, and now more often than not, she refuses to see you at all. It's... It's disheartening. Um... Some of the other gods think it might be time for you to accept that this just isn't going to work. That, uh, despite their hopes, she's a lost cause. They mean well. They they want you to try to start moving on for the sake of your own happiness. But how could you possibly be happy without her? I won't. Lady Luck, uh, today, Teoth has agreed to let you visit her. She lives in... Well, you'd be forgiven for seeing it as a prison, but technically she's free to leave. Um, seriously, she can get up and go anytime she wants, with the understanding that if she causes trouble, there's people all throughout the City of Dreams who can and will stop her. She was asked to stay here as a show of good faith, until she believed that she could live in the city without threatening its existence. So far, at least, she's agreed to those terms. Her room is well-furnished, with a gorgeous view, one that she usually hides behind blackout curtains. There's a buzzer she can ring to request any sort of food or entertainment she might want. Um, so far, she hasn't requested anything. She's never allowed any visitors other than you. She mostly just sits on the sofa in here and stares at a blank spot on the wall, and... That's exactly what she's doing now, as you stand in the doorway. I think she, uh, like, stands there for a little bit longer than she usually would because it's been a minute. Um, but, uh, eventually walks in and starts slowly moving towards her and says, Um, I'm glad you wanted to see me. You're the one who requested to see me. Okay, yes, that is true, but you also have to say yes, so... What did you want? What do you think I want? Just tell me. I guess, at the very least, I would like to know why we haven't been talking as much lately. If, if you're done, that's fine, but you should at least say it. before. I can't go back to who I was before. 
and I told you that you didn't have to. But I can feel it in you. The hope you have that I will. Yeah, you know, I think that's pretty normal for the circumstances that we find ourselves in, which are definitively very much not normal. But I, uh, I work in probability and I think there's still a chance, yes, but even if it doesn't go that way, you are still Jenny in there, I think. You can swear you notice a, a barely perceptible like shift in her posture when you say the name Jenny. And uh, she says, um, How long do you intend to keep this up? How long do we have? Surely there's better ways you could be spending your time. I have given you no indications that this is ever going to succeed. That's true. I won't argue with you about that, but I don't know. Like you said, I have hope, I guess. When you Oh, <laughs> um, it was, it was honestly, <laughs> and I can barely remember it for what it's worth, but agonizing, just, I was ripped apart when I went through that door, and Bart was there too, and he didn't get nearly as lucky, but piece by piece every every part of your body you didn't know you had was in pain and then i was gone for for however long it was i barely even know how to count it and then back in the estate and then you know the rest but it wasn't pleasant it didn't hurt when it happened to me it was away in your sleep every part of me died bit by bit till all that was left is what you see here all I have in me anymore is an understanding that this is all meaningless but no matter how many times I try to explain it to the rest of you. You don't listen. You keep trying anyway. You keep trying anyway. I, as I am now, have never done anything but hurt you. And yet... You still come here, constantly, to show me kindness. Yeah, correct. I, I, um, not on the same scale, obviously, but I did torture nine idiots, and they still want to be my friend anyway, so 
It's the, it's the least I can do for you. I... I stopped letting you in here because something was happening to me. I am nothingness and death and having you here every day it is like parts of me that I don't have anymore are on fire. It is painful in a way I have not felt in eons. Uh, I'm sorry, but that might be a good thing. Payoff? That? Yes! I don't think that's all that's there. I think you just haven't felt it in a very long time. Like... Like, when your foot goes numb. And then... Sometimes when it comes back, it hurts. You still got me, don't you? I think she is not showing it in her body language, but her eyes are welling up. Listen, Jenny. There's... There's a lot out there. And... Honestly, I think the part that hurt you the most was getting to this point. Not when you went through the door, but... I am not willing to give up on you despite <laughs> despite heavy discouragement why not because i've always wanted you do you remember back in the college do you remember when i gave harvard the smallest knife i had to go carve out that wall yes i do i would give a lot to go back there but it's not possible, and we are very different now, but I still think we can have fun like that. I think she just sort of uh, slowly leans in toward you. She like, um, I think she puts an arm around her and just kind of holds her for a second. Um, not even a second, a couple minutes. And then she says, listen, we can start small. Do you have a washing machine in here? Not in this room, but I'm sure there must be a laundry facility. Okay, great, because I do have a roll of pennies. 
she is crying and laughing at the same time. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Holly's holding her close and says, see, you still got some of that in you. see a diner. Not exactly Lou's diner, but close enough. And sitting in that diner, in a booth that could easily fit four people, five if you scrunch up a chair, is Alexis Lorenz. Crystal, what does Alexis look like right now? Alexis is wearing, like, robes with, uh, brass armor over them. She has an eye patch and she has a huge raven on her shoulder. She kind of looks like Odin. Great, good. And Alexis is here. Sorry, Lore is here uh, because she's been asked to come here by Sloane Parker. And she's not the only one. Which is why walking through the door we get Strix and Quentin Brooks arriving at the same time. Uh, Ty, what's Quentin up to? How's he doing? Uh, I'm going to say this has been one of the days where Quentin is wearing uh, a Mailer Deemer poster service outfit from one <laughs> He takes a one day a week, he does a shift over with the Mailer Demons and just like goes and visits and gives packages. So he just came off of that. Um, and how's Strix doing? Strix is doing pretty good. He's still he's working on the slime ranch with uh, Anna Borba and the uh, the other Alexis and Needle Mouse and Circuit and just a few other shades that show up from time to time. Just it's it seems to be where all the all the shades tend to gravitate to is to is the slime ranch, which makes some level of sense really. Um, and I think as he and Quentin are walking through the door, uh, you kind of catch them in mid conversation. And Strix is talking to Quentin, like, I mean, I mean, look, listen, we we definitely need to get some non-minions-based entertainment for the slimes, because we're trying to, you know, teach them language that isn't, like, made-up minions talk, but I just... And, and like, listen, listen, Quentin, I, I appreciate you contributing to the cause. I just don't know if the complete Dragon Ball Z box set is the right call. Listen, it made me the man I am today. The Dragon Ball Z box set. They'll learn about love and betrayal, fatherhood, uh, distrust of the moon. I. D- why do we want them to distrust the moon? Uh, hanging up there, it's up to something. I don't know. <sighs> sure, sure. I'll take your word for it. Uh, hey, Lore. Hello. It's nice to see you again. I think Strix just sort of runs up and gives her a hug. Hey, Lore. What is uh, the, the with the with the Raven and whatnot? What's what's this bullshit all about? Oh, uh, well, I got a new idol on since last we met up. Okay, uh, someone needed the old one more than I did. Wait, you can this do is, that. Uh, this is forget me nots. 
Ah. What's it do? Well, it can... If you ever remember something and it's kind of hazy or imperfect, uh, forget-me-nots can touch that memory and turn into a perfect, vivid memory. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's neat. Um, I still don't know why you're dressed like Odin, though. Well, you know, the, Odin uh, sort of sacrificed himself to himself, and then he he learned the runes, and he he could see everything. He could see fates, uh, the god of knowledge, and, you know, when I was in the sky, I could kind of see everything. And uh, there were a lot of people that needed help. Okay. I dig the rebrand. Uh, it suits you. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really decide on it until I lost the eye, and I was like, well, I, I could lean into this. Oh, fine. Oh, that, that sounds like a story to save for when the rest of the folks get here. Um, and I think, speak of the devil, um, you hear the little chime on the entryway ding, and in walks Ursula. Fabi, how's Ursula been? Ursula's been good. She has short, like, short cut hair, uh, kind of like a little bit. She did a bus cut not too long ago. Well, she did a bus cut like a year ago, and she hasn't touched it. That's her her hair right now. Um, she's wearing a, a leather jacket, and in the back it has a grizzly bear doing the skull and bones, but instead of a skull, it's a grizzly bear, and instead of the bones, it's two drumsticks. Uh, she got that as a present from her partner, and, uh, she's just wearing, like, a pair of, of jeans and a shirt, kind of very, she seems kind of very calm and just relaxed in a way that she didn't used to. She just comes in, kind of nods to the table, and sits down. Hey. Hey! How's tricks? Hey, um, pretty, pretty okay since I last saw you. Still, still with that band, still kinda working in bars and stuff. It's pretty calm. Yeah? You got any new, uh, any new songs? Eh, I stopped, I stopped writing a while ago, I let the other people do that, I just hit the sticks, you know? Hey, valid, somebody's gotta keep the beat. Yeah, it's fun, it's relaxing. I stopped wearing the barriers during concerts, uh, after a while, but, you know, she points to the jacket, it's hard to leave the branding behind. It's a good jacket, it's, I, I think. Thank so. you. Lily, my partner, made it for me. Aww. Yeah. Nice. How's, how's everyone else? I like the outfit, Lore. Not gonna ask you any questions about it, but I do like it. Thank you. I think it's pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think in that moment of silence, like, you know, as everyone's just kind of settled in, you hear not the quiet ding of the bell, but like the door slams open and just sorry, 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 I'm late, sorry. Sloane Parker walks in. Um, she is wearing a crop top, kind of like a light hoodie, some leggings. Um, her hair, she's ditched the long braided ponytail. She's just kind of got like a short, you know, half cut buzzed on the side. Uh, the biggest change, however, would be the very 
asleep, very young and very chubby, a uh, little baby that she's holding, uh, balancing a big diaper bag um, as she makes her way to the table. Sorry, I'm I'm so I'm so sorry. I'm late. I'm sorry. Who'd you steal that baby from? Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. I can't believe you stole a baby. Oh my god! Why do you say that every? <laughs> because it's very you funny to think Riley. about. You know, Riley, I, I have know. not stolen my own baby. <laughs> Thank you. It's very funny to think about Sloan Parker, baby carrier. <sighs> Quentin's smiling <laughs> ear from ear. He's like, every time, it's still funny. It's still funny. It's so good. It's a good joke. Uh, while Ursula and, and Quentin are doing their bullshit routine, uh, Strix is just making funny faces at Riley. Oh, God, please, please. Take them. Take them. Please. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fuck. Thank you all. I'm so sorry I'm late. I feel super shitty being the one who asked for this, and then I'm the late one. You're fine. You're like, what? No, it was good. Eight? Yeah. Lore, what? What is this? You you look cool as shit, but what? Yeah, I mean, I look cool as shit. That's what. You know what? Fair. You know what? Who <laughs> it's a new yeah, world. Right. You could just do My that. Bad. You just be like, oh, I want to fucking be, do some weird, wacky shit. And like... Yeah, trust me. Fuck. Okay, so I, I suggested that you waited until Sloane got here before you told us, but do you mind what, telling us what happened to your eye? Okay, so <laughs> you remember Alexander, right? Yeah, God, yes, I remember Alexander. Wait, which one was Alexander again? Um, the Griffin. Ah. Talked about his magical blade a whole lot. God, I forgot Griffins were a thing. Yeah, well, I I, I kind of got caught him in the bad spot where his magical blade had uh, gone rogue. And uh, started started attacking other people and yeah. him as well. You gotta watch out with magical blades. They're like they're like chancellors. They can go either way. Or viziers. Yeah. So I I I, I was able to neutralize that phantom, but not not until after it took out my eye. And then uh, he gave me his armor as uh, as thanks. Also, question question to the assembled table. Maybe this is a weird one. Have you run into any weird doppelgangers of yourself? What is what is the protocol for doppelgangers of of ourselves as individuals, and also doppelgangers of y'all? Because I've met alt y'alls. It's weird. Huh. It's always weird. No, but I I just stay and I I move to a San Antonio, and honestly, unless it's for these type of meetings, I don't leave I don't I have no want or need and not a lot of people come and visit it's a pretty normal one of them no really magic and stuff at least not on the regular so yeah no I haven't seen any I do a lot of traveling for help with the slime ranch but I haven't had that problem I mean I run into a lot of Jameses but never another Strix that's cause you're one of a kind buddy Oh, thank you. That's so kind. Please, babysit more. Please, I help. Hey, listen. If you if you ever need some help, you can just drop Riley off at the at the slime ranch. We can take care of them for a while. Oh, thank God. Yes, yes. Quentin, I've I've run into doppelgangers of all of y'all, all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, it's weird. But I mean, most of you. Hmm. I mean, you're all you. So I mean, they're usually pretty cool. That's neat. Though I. I mentioned it to Lily, and she said that if you, 
if you ever needed your kid taken care of, not at night and not super early, we're down, but since we work kind of all night, not, I don't think you want me taking your baby to a bar. I mean, it wouldn't be the first bar they've been to, so. Huh. I mean, we would, they would be well taken care of. I so. believe it, yeah. I appreciate, I, you know what, honestly, I assume that everyone except, like, Lore, not because I don't think you could do it. It just seems like your whole thing you're doing right now is not very baby-friendly. Yeah, there's a lot of adventuring and questing. It's it's hard to uh, yeah. bring her back, uh, you know, before it gets too dark. Oh, uh, uh, speaking of which, hey, so uh, how how is Abby doing? Oh, she sends her love. She's she's working with the, the fucking animal shelter um, right now. She, she wanted to help out Valerie. Oh, nice, nice. I've been pretty busy, but like, you know what? I I should I need to come and visit soon. Yes, you do. It's been too long. Um, okay. So the reason I asked y'all to do this and here specifically not I mean a diner, not this one cuz there'll never be another lose. Um I wanted to thank all of you. Um I know we had like there are a lot of parts of our time together that I don't really regard fondly, and I'm sure all of you feel that same way about parts of it, but, um, it got me here, and there's nowhere else I'd rather be, and that's because of all of you. I, I, I this wouldn't have happened if y'all weren't who you are. And um, I've never actually sat down and said thank you to all of you. So, I wanted to. Oh, that's so sweet! Thank you! Oh, yeah. I grew up a lot because of all of you. I I mean... Yeah. I mean, you did it twice, kind of. Yeah. I was there for round two. It was... Double coming of age speedrun edition. Fingers full of laughs and drinks of her coffee. I was like, yeah. We all did a lot of... Growing up, honestly. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> hey, listen, we, we made it to the other side of it. Uh, you know, we, we, we did some shit that, uh, oh, sorry, not in front of the baby. We did some stuff. Oh, no, that's something. Uh, I'm, I'm their mom. You like, think it's nope. funny now, but you're going to be at a place one day and they're just going to be like, okay, first word, first word, mm-hmm. first word, first word. And it's Mom. fuck. And you're like, oh, we're in a grocery store. Fuck. That's gonna be your, that's your gonna be hilarious though. Yeah, no, I would like, I love that. that. Are you? Yeah, actually, me? hold on. Let me let me <laughs> give me a second here. And uh, Strix pulls his goggles down, and he like looks like he's scanning for something for a second. <laughs> and he lifts him back up and says, "Yeah, it's gonna be hilarious." Oh, fuck. God damn it! <laughs> I mean, listen, I I try not to abuse my powers too much in front of people. Mostly, I use it to do that like, don't worry about the vase thing from the Matrix. It's always funny. It never stops being funny. Uh. But yeah, like, we all went through some shit together, and, like, we came out the other side pretty good, I think. Professor, would you say that we passed your class? Flying colors. (laughs) Ah. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, wow. (laughs) I hate when you do the professor voice. It's it's terrifying in, like, a primal way. Yeah, it doesn't, it's wrong to me. Yeah. In my head now. Oh, uh, Sloan, I almost Mm -hmm. forgot to ask, uh... I was just telling Quentin about this, but uh, so so a big part of what we do uh, at the Slime Ranch, like helping slimes, you know, reacclimate to stuff, is you know, 
so we, we show the movies. It's it's kind of mm-hmm. in the early stages. It's kind of a big kindergarten a little bit. Uh, we we desperately, desperately, desperately need some movies that don't have minions in them. Uh, like I, I love Anna so much, but we we really need them. And I figured, you know, being the the film student, you should probably have some suggestions. Oh yeah, you were a film student. I yeah, forgot about that. I'm, this is the you. This is the first time anyone has asked me. Except, look, I love Abby, but oh, if I have to watch another Hallmark movie, I'm gonna. Oh fuck. Ooh. Oh shit. Oh oh, is she is she running you through the green sweater, red sweater Christmas movie marathon? Oh, she, she Oh, that's adorable. All right, let me, that is very cute. Look, um, I got. Do you put I, on like ugly sweaters together while watching? We that? don't. Okay, <laughs> we're not. No, we're not doing this right now. No, uh, absolutely not. Um, oh yeah, do you do Christmas cards? I would. I would get a Christmas card if you guys. We do, we don't have a home. We jump from dimension to dimension. We don't do Christmas cards, y'all. I think all I'm hearing right now is excuses to not connect with your friends. I invited so. you to this diner. I am connecting. <laughs> what do you want from me? Strix just kind of has been staring off into space for the last several seconds and says, you know, celebrating Christmas is kind of weird considering we've all, like, killed angels and demons and shit. And maybe God? Yeah, but people like... might have killed people God. like presents. It's Don't look at me. Yeah, I didn't true. celebrate it before. Don't really celebrate it now. Okay. Um, Strix, I got some criterions I'm going to send your way, okay? Okay, but are they are they age-appropriate? I mean, I mean, we need a wide variety because eventually they will be ready for they, I mean, harder like, stuff. I, but. I believe that culture in the form of film should be shown at all ages. So, yes. Okay, will they be able to understand it? Do, do they speak French? <laughs> no. Good enough. And neither do I, Good honestly. Enough. I could it's probably fine. learn it's it fine. if I wanted it's to. Fine. I got it's all fine. the time in the world. They'll but. figure it out. It's fine. Uh, I think uh, Ursa, like, knocks uh, Quentin in, like, the side with her shoulder and is like, I can't believe Sloane's gonna watch, make them watch porn. Poor Sloane. Okay, I'm gonna, who, I'm gonna go order. Bye. I'm, n- nope. Oh, no, 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 no need, no need. Uh, and Strix, uh, like raises a hand and snaps his fingers, and all of a sudden, uh, a server walks up with five garbage plates. Forget me not starts digging in. <laughs> so wait, do, does the bird eat for you? Well, I am, I am the bird, Sloane. I never understood. My Eidolon is dating someone. That. I think that I don't. I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. What? I'm not dating the person. Really? They just leave on I, on Thursdays. You know what? It's weird that for them, huh? Yeah. No, I haven't used. I haven't used pack lights since since the fight. Like it's Whoa. in my closet. I have not touched it. Well, hey, I mean, um. So yeah, that's. Yeah. You know, whatever works for you. I mean, I kind of am my Eidolon. It's a little weird. Uh, yeah, that's why I never really understood. It's like, okay, am I... Is that backpack in the closet part of me? What does it mean that I don't want to use it? Does it mean that I just, like, made peace with a part that I am? Or that I'm denying a part? I don't know. Hey. Ursula. Yeah. You're not denying anything. You are who you are. Now eat the fucking Thank garbage plate. For you. You know I never have these. I know. For you. I know. That's why I'm at telling you to eat it. I want can, to see this happen. Can we get, like, some some maple syrup and some hot you sauce? You put maple... You, oh, my God. You need something sweet and something spicy. Like, I don't understand. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, Strick snaps his fingers again, and the, the condiments are on the table. <laughs> Thank you, hon. 
and she just starts pouring maple syrup all over the plate and then hot sauce all over the plate and just digging in. You got you got sauerkraut and lime for me. Thank you. So, I believe we all that have fundamental good. misunderstandings of what garbage plates are. Fuck. <laughs> also, th- thank you Strix, for including carry-on in this one. Forget-me-nots really loves it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Q, can you pass me the sauerkraut and lime after you're done with them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get, get some of this. I think yeah. um, as we're all eating dishes that are not the same dish remotely <laughs> um, and all just kind of laughing and Sloane is grossed out and everyone's having like a like a good time. I think the camera just kind of pans up and out and we say goodbye to the class of Quentin Brooks. The skyline of a bustling metropolis comes into view. This is Pulse. Or at least, that's what it's currently called. Thanks to the new laws of the universe, the city's name has a tendency of changing, as if it's trying on new clothes as as the seasons change. At first, the sleek skyscrapers and pristine waterfront dominate our attention. But as we get closer, like a plane on approach for a landing, smaller details become clearer. Pulse is densely packed, but not claustrophobic. Parks and other green spaces planted both on the ground and in open communal areas on buildings, fill this urban landscape with dots of vibrant color and life. High-speed maglev trains streak through the city like bolts of white lightning, their tracks suspended dozens of feet above the ground. Below them, countless pedestrians walk, bike, or take the many buses and trams. We arrive here soon after night has fallen, and the city has lit up with neon signs and LEDs of every imaginable color. In one of the many high-rises that looks out over the river, there is a particular apartment. And in this particular apartment, we find a family of four. Virginia Valentine, Harvey D. Godlove, Christina Masters, and Chili the Fox. Uh, If we're doing movie night, which I believe we talked about before, uh, Harvey, what movie are we watching? Because I know you picked it. Oh, man. Let me think for a second. How about Rocky? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like Rocky One, <laughs> yeah, like Rocky One. Everybody, lo- it's the best one. Everybody loves Rocky One. Yeah, I actually, I Maxie could not sit through Rocky One when I was a kid, but maybe I'd like <laughs> it now. I don't know. <laughs> okay, great. These four are sitting in the living room, huddled on a couch. Uh, the lights turned down low, the TV on. On the screen is a movie none of them are really familiar with the first Rocky movie. It was Harvey's movie choice that night. Listen, it's a classic. People like it a lot. Stallone is genuinely a good actor when he's directed well. And he knows how to direct himself well. I get he was a director of this one, right? I don't really. But you picked it. I thought you would know. I mean, it says his name on the front, but it only says it once, so it's yeah, kind of ambiguous. <laughs> they put all the actors on the front of the movies. Well, that's what I'm saying. Obviously, he's an actor, and I don't know if he's also the director. I can look it up. 
Okay. I mean, we're already watching it, so I don't know if it matters. I mean, I guess it's fine, but it's no real steel. That is the most Christina thing you've ever said, maybe. What? Ca- Look, what can I say? I like robots. It's got, got a lot of robots. Wait, so all the metal's fake? Well, I mean, it, it, it's CGI, so technically, yeah, it's it's not real steel. That's CGI in the 80s? Oh, no, not not in this movie. The, 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 I'm pretty sure the metal in this movie is real. But you said it wasn't. Okay, I'm gonna... Chili, real steel is a different movie. Oh, there are a lot of movies. There sure are. They make uh, several every year, I'm told. Oh, that I just I just realized how many movies there are now that like all the universes are in just one big blob. Yeah, you can um you can pretty much get anything. Do you think do you think they could have the version of the Matrix where uh, they got Will Smith or whatever? I mean, you can just check MMDV <laughs> Wow, let me try that again, because <laughs> sure. I did not think that acronym would fuck me up so much. <laughs> no, it would be way better if Chili doesn't know how to say IMDb. <laughs> no, it's the MMDB. It's the Multiversal Movie Database. Oh, okay. So it tells you where to go to find different versions of movies, and like movies that only exist in certain you know parts of the world. It's fucked up that uh, Highlander and the One killed all alternate Highlanders and the Ones. (laughs) (laughs) That is fucked up. I don't know. I've had enough of stories that involve, like, multiple different versions of someone. Yeah, I can can imagine. And she, like, pets Chili on the head. Uh, As as they watch the movie... um, a couple Roombas suddenly uh, enter the room doing their vacuuming. Uh, these two Roombas, named Sid and Nero, were bought to replace the uh, replace Sephiroth following following his noble sacrifice. Uh, Christina quickly brings up a remote and turns them off, saying, "Ah, sorry about that. I, I thought I already disabled them." Chili lays down again as she had gotten up prepared to uh, engage in combat. Uh, you're still not uh, not a big fan of those? They need to know that I'm in charge. Not of you guys, just of them. They're... They don't think like that. How do you know? Have you ever talked to them? Have you? No. They haven't earned that right yet. Oh no, Chili. I think it would be more respectful if you talk to them instead of jumping to violence all the time. Listen, listen. They're not like you people. They work on the laws of the animal world. And the animal world, you have to establish when it's your territory. Please don't make me code an AI bot that'll talk to Chili. I really don't want to do that. That Wait. seems like a lot of work. Oh, okay. No, if it, if it would be hard. <laughs> The way you said it, it sounded easy. It sounded like a good idea at first. Oh, it'd be so difficult. It's easy for us, but like, because Chili has an Eidolon and and we can hear her because of that. I have three Eidolons. You you sure do. But like the robots, they don't, they don't have Eidolons. We should get the robots Eidolons. Oh, no. What would happen if they drank some blood? 
No, we can't. I, no, we can't keep giving random things idolons. No. <laughs> Virginia like looks at Christine and goes, "What have you given idolons?" I have given no. I have given nothing idolons. She turns to Harvey. <laughs> okay, like okay, I want to emphasize one. I did it to one Venus flytrap. Okay. Okay. Because what? Because what if we get another the fly? It'll protect us. Yeah, and then it started demanding blood sacrifices. Oh man, we should fucking watch Little Shop of Horrors. No, I don't want to be reminded of that. It was, <laughs> it was not a good time. <laughs> it was traumatic, Harvey. You know, speaking of blood sacrifices and drinking blood and so on, I'm getting a little thirsty. You guys want anything from the fridge? I, I think Christina, not realizing where he was going with that, starts uh, starts pulling down her t-shirt's collar. <laughs> <laughs> Do me and Chili need to leave? And then quickly pulls it back up again when he finishes the sentence and blushes. Because we can leave. No, no I, I was going to get like a bottle. Uh, yeah, right, of course. So yeah, I, th- I think Harvey heads over to like a mini fridge in the corner of the room and just starts rooting around in there. You know, I don't say it a lot because I, I I'm not still not good talking about my feelings yet, but I do really like that we can all just be together like this. Yeah, Chili is nestled between Virginia and Christina and just says, "Yeah, me too." She kind of wiggles back and forth so that she's button up against both of you. <laughs> <laughs> the chili signal for you better keep petting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After everything, I don't think, uh, at least for a while, uh, I'm not going to let you guys go. We're not going to let you go either, Virginia. I mean, if, if you really wanted to like have some space to yourself, we'd let you. Yeah, okay. Clarification. I think we've all been through a lot, and none of us is going to let anybody get hurt. Venus flytraps aside. Yeah, I didn't think that you were keeping me prisoner, if that was your worry. It's good to be here. I think uh, Harvey pours himself a glass of blood and just heads back over to the couch. Picks <laughs> himself up a Bloody Mary. <laughs> I don't think he can make those with red wine. I don't, I don't know anything about cocktails. Uh, Bloody Mary typically has vodka, tomato juice, and spice mix, and increasingly often, at least in the late 2010s, involved a variety of accoutrements and garnishes, sometimes getting a bit absurd, like entire onion rings and little sliders. I don't know if What that, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, people got weird with Bloody Marys. So putting just blood in it would be a, you know, return to form, really. You know, that's a fair point. It at least wouldn't be unusual. <laughs> As the movie ends, and uh, Virginia and Chili have been kind of casting sidelong glances to Christina and Harvey, who have gotten a little closer as the movie wrapped up, and uh, both kind of simultaneously, I think, get up and just be like, so, um, so, Virginia, um, you want to go, I, you know, I said I was going to give you a tour of the city. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we could do that now. Yeah, it's ni- It's really nice at night, so I thought maybe now would be a good time. Sure. Yeah, you two enjoy yourselves. 
Yep, as Chili, uh, Chili gets up and starts um, heading towards the smaller door built into the larger door of the apartment. Um, and then she just turns back and looks at Virginia and is like, Oh, by the way, it's a, um, it's a Chili-sized tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can do that. Uh, and then she changes to her cat form. All right, they slip out and uh, Chili starts uh, heading down the street. The place in which this apartment is is pretty much an exact uh, replica of Las Vegas as it was originally. Um, I mean, not, you know, perfect replica. Obviously, there's some bad stuff that maybe we didn't want to keep, but, you know, it's a familiar neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, she, yeah, she just starts uh, starts walking and is just kind of kind of talking her way through it. It's like, see, from down here, you get a really good sense of where all, like, the the food and interesting places are without all that distracting like signs and human stuff you know yeah but i i feel like i'm more lost than i was before oh it's okay if you get lost here um that's that's kind of part of living on the streets that's getting lost is how christina found me so sometimes it's a good thing yeah that's i guess that's true besides this is all my neighborhood so i know where to find everything you won't get lost as long as you stick with me Okay, well, I'll make sure to keep close by. As they traverse through the neighborhood, uh, Chili takes Virginia on a uh, fairly involved tour, um, including squeezing through holes and fences, jumping over barriers, um, rooting around in trash. Um, That was mostly just Chili. Virginia wasn't really interested in participating in that part, but it was all part of the authentic experience. Few, a few small encounters with other wild animals in the area. Just the, the usual. And uh, she finally uh, kind of wraps up the tour by uh, returning to an alley that even Virginia would likely find pretty familiar. And then you, if you remember, this is where I used to live. And uh, she walks up to a ratty-looking cardboard box that uh, still has a really run-down teddy bear laying in it do you want to take this home i i mean can i i don't want to like intrude oh don't worry about that at all Chili. <laughs> oh boy shut i was not fuck up. that shut the fuck up <laughs> what i'm not allowed to greet an old friend who i haven't seen in a while i wasn't the- expecting to see you around these parts i wasn't either how'd you survive the end of the world oh you know nine lives and all that oh right of course virginia knows a thing or two about that don't you virginia uh yeah i've only used two or three uh uh, chili i don't really know who this is she looks she looks a bit fancy for the alley i'm gonna be honest oh this is my best friend virginia oh oh you know okay well i i understand you've been sort of it's been a while. I'm I'm sure that uh Okay, you're a very good friend too. Thank you. I'm just uh I don't know, I guess I I've just uh become a little more uh accustomed to the in-house lifestyle. Well, I can't blame you for that. There's a certain amount of luxury to it. It's always nice to have a warm room to go back to at the end of the day, but for my own part, I don't think I'd ever want uh Anything but the wide open road, or I guess the very narrow and dark road, technically, but, yeah. Well, if you ever need anything, uh, you can just come to the, 
I don't know how an animal would describe a location in a city to another animal. <laughs> well, you know, with the way things are now, if you want to find us, you probably just can. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, I'll leave, uh, I'll leave some stuff out buried behind the apartment for you. And I think Chili picks up her, uh, old teddy bear and, uh, takes Virginia back to the apartment. Hopping up on, uh, you know, sneaking up up from behind and look, peeking in the window to see if it's uh, safe to come in or if we'd be interrupting <laughs> anything. Oh, yeah, no, the living room is definitely empty. <laughs> so Chili, Chili's like, or, uh, Virginia's like, Chili, you have to look. I'm not going to look. <laughs> Chili's just like, what? It's, it's not like we're watching. We're just checking to make sure we aren't going to be a, a, a problem. Yeah, I, I just don't want to see that. <laughs> oh, but why not? It's 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 nice. They're happy. No, it's it's weird. Okay. Listen, I'm happy for them. I really am, but I just, you know. Okay, you humans are so weird sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh I think they put it with the rest of Chili's stuffed animals in Virginia's room. Yeah, she has a she has a pet bed there that um she has never been in herself, but has amassed quite the um collection of occupants yeah there's there's probably two dozen stuffed animals across this thing uh she carefully tucks each and every one in and uh then hops up on the bed and just kind of sprawls out hey virginia i've been thinking oh yeah what uh well you you know how i have this uh magic idol on what like oh yeah 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 you know the one i got from the other virginia yeah. I know she's not you, but in a weird way, she kind of wouldn't exist if you didn't exist. And it just kind of feels weird having this, like, legacy of her, like, that I'm just carrying around when, like, you're kind of a part of her, too, in a way. I guess that's true, but, I mean, she gave it to you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I just, I don't... I don't know if I can handle the burden of, like, carrying this artifact of magic around all by myself. Virginia, like, smiles and goes, yeah, it's got to be really tough. It's it's a lot for a little fox. Okay. Um, so I was thinking, and uh, she has uh, dreams just deposit both pieces of Midnight Show on the bed with her, and... With her paw, just kind of pushes the ring component of it away from her on the bed a little bit. Just, what if what if we shared it? Yeah, I could do that. Are you, are you sure? Yeah, I, I mean, it's very important. It's really important to me. And you're also really important to me. Like, obviously, you're like the most important to me. But... I don't know. The best parts of the other Virginia I met are the parts of her that reminded me of you, and I just it just feels appropriate to me that maybe you have a piece of that, too. <laughs> That's really sweet, Chili. Um, so I'm taking the ring, then? Yeah, you can, you can keep that part, and maybe you'll be able to do a little bit of magic, too. I don't know what she could do that I couldn't already. Well, I mean... She could use that to teleport. Oh. Okay, I definitely can't teleport. Oh, I never told you about the heist we did. No. What was it like? 
Oh, it was so cool. I was for familiar. And we went up to like the top of a big pyramid. And she did this whole magic ritual to like drain some blood out of dirt. And it was mostly just a distraction, but like she was actually doing the magic. And then I left when like the building exploded and went downstairs. And then she used her, she used that ring with the pendant. And one of them was like under my familiar hat and she like teleported to me and it was really cool. Hmm. So you're saying if I have the ring and you have the necklace, I can just teleport to you. Oh yeah, but you could. Okay. Well, in that case, I think it's really important that you keep that necklace with you. Oh, I will. And then Virginia puts the ring on and says, and I'll keep this part. Okay. Chili puts her paw on Virginia's hand. Yeah. Nothing. Just wanted to just wanted to touch you. <laughs> I'm still here. Don't worry. Good. We drift away from Virginia and Chili's room, and we drift out of the Jawbreaker's apartment altogether. We glide lazily through the city streets of Pulse. We see Henry Dracula uh, at one point walking down the street. He um he tends to stay out pretty late most nights. Um, he kind of just keeps to himself, but he's maybe starting to figure some things out. But we're not staying with him right now. Our view drifts further and further away from the city, and soon it fades as just one more piece of the City of Dreams. The infinite fractal skyline now takes up our vision. Black ribbons of highway twist and turn around it, almost like rings of a planet. And uh, we see a blue and purple blur fly past us and then zoom back and uh, turn into the Roadrunner, who gives us one final hearty fuck you before speeding off again. And uh, with that, we zoom back in on a different part of the city, which uh, slowly resolves itself into a version of the city of San Antonio where we find ourselves in a bar. It's uh, kind of packed tonight, which is a shame because the house band is actually taking the night off. Um, apparently their drummer is out of town right now, visiting with old friends. But luckily, they have uh, lined up another act for the evening. All right, folks, I hope you've all had a good time, but... Uh... I think I only have about one song left in me before I call it a night. Musicians gotta eat and get trash too, you know? I don't want to get too sappy here, but from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being such a fantastic audience. I hope that I'll get to see you all again real soon. Ah, you know what? To hell with not getting sappy. My last song of the night shall speak for itself.
We'll be alright. 
Oh, my God.